today's date? Today is December 18th. 18th. Oh, fuck, my watch is, my watch is behind the day. Uh, Alright, so we've got Cheyenne hooked in. Jacqueline, do a sound check. Check, check. <laughs> scoot over, check. scoot forward just a little bit. There we go. Because <laughs> that one's sensitive, but it's not that fucking sensitive. Alright, so, ladies and gentlemen, um, we are here on a very cold and disgusting uh, December 18th with uh, with two beautiful people at my sides, which makes it so much better, and a hot cup of coffee. Uh, we have, um, joining us for the first time, the beautiful, the powerful, the... Uh, Amazing to work with Cheyenne Jewel. Hello. And uh, Jacqueline Velvets, as always, my co-host. Well, not as always, sometimes. Yeah, the, the non-beautiful and powerful <laughs> Jacqueline Velvets. It, that's just a given. You're, everybody, everybody knows. Um, everybody knows that shit. But uh, So we had a, a full day shoot yesterday with Cheyenne for SKW, and uh, we had a blast, I think. Um, uh -huh. I, I kind of put you through somewhat of a ringer. Like... Uh, <laughs> We did, uh, well, I mean, the first one wasn't bad, because that was you yeah. and Sumiko. Yeah, and she, yeah. She's like little teeny tiny. Yeah, know, easy stuff. Bouncy Japanese girl. And then um, I think you had a destruction at the hands of, of Tiny. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was funny, because it was the first time I've ever seen Cheyenne actually horrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was pretty terrified with some of those very high moves. Well, I've like I've seen you pretend to be afraid, but the moment he hoisted you over his head and your face just went. <laughs> Were you actually scared he was gonna drop you, or are you just like surprised? Well, I, I felt um, safe with everything because I felt like he had a good strong grip. But I, the the shocking was probably the ceiling press because I felt like I I couldn't really hang on per se I you know I posted off of his chest and his shoulders but then I wasn't really hanging on oh yeah so that was pretty scary <laughs> at least you know if you fall you'll have nice soft mats to land yeah, on yeah exactly uh, but yeah he um, uh, it was he was having a pretty pretty hard day because he was tired as shit but he's like I'm gonna bring it I'm gonna bring it I'm like okay dude you know, I was like you can, you can skip this if you'd like you know I can just step in and do it uh, but he's no, I'm gonna bring it. And he was brutal, man. Oh, he he's, brought it. <laughs> he was saying some of the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. Which actually, we'll have to remember to go back to this quote later on. But then after that, we did a video with you versus two of our girls, Anne Marie and Monroe, and that one was more of like a relaxing mm -hmm. kind of like I'm just gonna scissor these girls and knock them out and whatever. Easy um, stuff. So it's good stuff, and mm -hmm. uh, and now we're lucky to have you here for the for today to do the podcast. Uh, so. I usually try not to do more, a whole lot of a format, but we do like to kind of, you know, clue people in who don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. um, uh, to me, Cheyenne is a model. We we met, God, how did we meet? Um, well, we just n knew a lot of the same industry acquaintances, mm -hmm. and I don't remember who very first introduced us, if it was like at a fetish con like six years ago or something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I vaguely remember it being a fetish con, but I could be wrong. It, it There's a lot been. of alcohol that happens at fetish con. <laughs> yeah. It's like you you run into people and it's like, yeah, I totally met you at fetish con. It's like, uh, I met a lot of people and I was very drunk the entire weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I recently had a girl, uh, let me start, the, actually I have to start the stopwatch on this. Here we go. Stop, stop, stop. Okay. And reset. All right. Um, yeah, I had a girl who was like, hey, I have a friend of mine named, uh, I forgot the name of the model, but she's like, she wants to come work for you. She's heard a lot about you. And I was like, oh, cool. Send me a picture. And she sent me like all these modeling shots. 
and I just go like, that girl looks familiar. And I started going through my my FetishCon uh, album on my phone, and there's Did you a, already work with her. No, no, there was, oh. <laughs> we, there was a shot at the bar, and there's this girl kissing me in the cheek, <laughs> and then she's kissing Addie on the cheek, Addie Juniper, and then she's kind of like really like huggy, lovey, and and there's three shots of this girl, and I'm like, send it back to, uh, to the the girl Alondra or yeah whatever her stage name is. But she was just like, yeah, that's her. You know her? I'm like, no, she was just really fucking drunk that day. And she was like just kind of kissing everybody on the cheek and doing photos and photobombing. And so she forwarded those photos to the girl. And the girl's like, I have no idea what the fuck that is. Like, that's how drunk she was. Mm-hmm. So that's how FetishCon works. Like, you could totally meet somebody there and not remember it. Mm-hmm. DrunkCon. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, so for those of you who don't know, Cheyenne is a model. Uh, but also you've done grappling. Uh, you've worked for, I mean, you've pretty much done the whole gamut, like everything in terms of the fetish world. Yeah. And you also produce your own content. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give us like a quick uh, intro into like how you got started in the biz? Like, um, Actually, on accident, I didn't even know anything about any of this. Um, you know, in my early 20s, I started dancing at um, a gentleman's club near where I lived in Northeast Ohio. And... There would be kind of like porn recruiters that would come in the club once. There was this really skeevy guy from Youngstown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he used to come in on a few evenings and he would try to recruit girls for porn. Well, he never actually approached me. He approached um, some of my bustier co-workers and whatever at the time. And then I, I just like was always curious about porn and like how how do you get into it? How What's behind the scenes? Like what's it really like to do it like as, as a job? Like, the, you know, I would watch um, the Playboy channel and always be mm-hmm. interested in mm-hmm. how it actually works. And I answered an ad in the back of um, kind of how most, most big cities have like um, an entertainment magazine or paper that you know is for free on the stands when you walk out of the stores yeah so cleveland has one called scene magazine and i would always grab it because it would show like um bands coming through and i would like find things fun things i wanted to do out of the back of that magazine so one day i ventured back into the adult section Uh and of course you know it was a bunch of escort ads and stuff like that but there was this one ad that stood out to me it was like no sex will train athletic young women um doesn't have to be nudity, um, very easy, quick money. And I'm like, what? what is this? You don't, you don't even have to get nude, huh? So I called the guy, and it was a guy who was just, um, I guess he had done some sessions, and he had recruited some wrestlers for Utopia Entertainment in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And he was literally just recruiting athletic women to get into the session world and into the video world and then he would send them off to utopia and then he would get a finder's fee or whatever yeah so uh utopia was my first wrestling company so at that time i had only stripped at strip clubs that was my only adult experience and like maybe some lingerie photos or something like that what's uh uh, i remember utopia the name uh what kind of wrestling is it is it more like grappling based or um they do mixed and femme um i'm not really sure how much femme he does anymore i think his mixed stuff was his, always his bread and butter so femdom um, yeah more the femdom like yeah. like the guy the guy's usually on the smaller side doesn't usually fight back so it's usually like he's just getting his head scissors off kinda, yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah lots of scissors so they they trained me, you know, just the easier moves like scissors, grapevines, you know, chokes, easy stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was um, exactly ten years ago. It was Holy about shit. it wow. was it was oh five oh six when I first worked for Utopia. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. So, so your first, yeah, so your first foray into fetish was wrestling. Yeah, it was wrestling, and then from wrestling and from being exposed to the session world, then I started to understand. It started to click more that oh, okay, this guy's into scissors, but he also likes feet. Or this guy's into feet, and he also likes face sitting. And then kind of how like a lot of it just runs together. Mm-hmm. And so I learned about it that way. Did you end up branching into session work from there, or did you just yeah. start doing? Um, that same guy uh, who rec- was recruiting, he had mats in his basement, and so it was kind of a, a an easy way to start because it was like what kind of weirdo has mats? Well, he he obviously <laughs> he's done this before. Only the biggest um, weirdo ever. <laughs> So after, let's say, I worked for him, let's say, for a year, it was kind of like, okay, it's cool that he supplies this mat room and he's upstairs for security because it was like his basement. So the guys would come in a side basement door oh. and go down in session with me. And they never knew that he was upstairs if I had a problem. With a so. shotgun or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. So it was Watching like... on syndicated. <laughs> yeah, closed caption. Yeah. yeah. So it was like a safe way to to be introduced. Um, But then after a year of that, I I was like, this is stupid. Why don't I just have the WB take down the fake ad that he made for me and put up my own and just go on my merry way? Because I had to give him a cut out of each session for using his his basement. So then I just went on my merry way from there, and then several years later, I moved to Vegas, um, which I think is one of the best spots to be a session wrestler because of all the tourists from all over the world that come through constantly. Hmm. So it's one of the easier flows for sessions, I think. No, I'm sure a lot of people come through. Yeah, that's a good Mm -hmm. point. I didn't even think about that. People just go on vacation there, and it's like, oh, well, fuck, well, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Shit. Um, So... We've, okay, so we've got you into the wrestling, and then you branched off to doing session work. Mm-hmm. Did you, when did you decide to kind of come back into video and working for other companies? Because I know you, uh, uh, you've done kind of the gamut. Like I said, you, you've run the gamut and done a lot of stuff under what I call the umbrella fetish, mm-hmm. which is like all these different hits you can do like, mm-hmm. uh, and themes. Is that something that just you started learning as you worked with other companies, or you just did it on your own? Yeah, uh, more learning from the video work as well, because then... Um, like my, one of my first foot fetish um, shoots that was just a, a video shoot was for I think uh, Philly, Philadelphia feet, Philly feet, Philly oh, feet. Oh, John. Some, John, yeah. Yeah. He was my one of my first <laughs> just foot fetish. Yeah. Um, and so I I would start asking questions because I was you know I was so young and I was just trying I you know my eyes were so like oh my gosh I didn't even know about this world you know I didn't even know that this existed and that existed and what and so I would start asking the producers like to explain a little bit of the yeah. psychology behind it like why do they like this why am I doing this a certain way and then I started getting interested in kind of like the psychology behind like a lot of the individual fetishes and how people get into it mm-hmm. so what is your favorite fetish I don't have a favorite. Um, I'm kind of a, a very, I guess you'd say, short attention span. So I get very bored easy, and that's one reason that I like what I do because every day is different. Every yeah. shoot's slightly different. Every producer's slightly different. Yeah. Every day can be a different fetish or a different this and that. So it's like um, I don't have one thing. Mm. It's like the favorite. So do you so have I, any that do you have any any particular fetish that you prefer, like not prefer but that you had really good time shooting compared to others like that you do and you're like this is fun but like this was like this is kind of kick ass to try. 
Like something that just kind of popped out at you and you're like, not necessarily something you have to do over and over again. Now I have to think over 10 years of all the awesome <laughs> shoots, though. Well, just a, a single highlight, because yeah, it's always interesting when um, you're doing so much of it, something pops up and you go like, that was really fun. Yeah, you, you discover your forte, like something that you're really good at, something you feel very passionate about. And... Like in the world of like what we do with my wrestling stuff, yeah. we do so many different matches. Mm-hmm. You did four different kinds yesterday, mm-hmm. even though it's all under the the you know label of wrestling uh but like i would think i don't know probably having amazing kong here who was i somebody i used to watch on tv and i thought she was a badass mm-hmm. and she's here like slamming my girls around and i'm mm-hmm. like fuck it this is actually happening so that was kind of a highlight but um well i'm try i've had so many amazing experiences and now i'm trying to pick one <laughs> i'm drawing a blank at this moment you can always revisit it okay revisit i'll, I'll think about it while we talk about other things it'll, it'll pop in your head yeah you're just gonna be like like oh Mud while wearing schoolgirl outfits. <laughs> but so we had a. Um, so moving on to uh, the production aspect of it, when did you start shooting your own stuff? I started collecting a little bit of content in like 2010, 2011, but I didn't actually launch my first clip store till it was either late 2011, early 2012, something like that. Okay. Yeah, and now I have four individual ones. Do you have any particular fetishes that you shoot that get a little more attention from fans than others? Or? Well, my face sitting store was sitting in the top, usually the top five. <laughs> it was sitting. sitting. Uh, it was sitting <laughs> uh, at the top five of its category. It face sitting on the top uh, five. <laughs> um, and then that dropped off because I haven't been doing updates. But yeah, my face, uh, my face sitting was, was selling pretty well. And then I a few little niche things that I'd throw in with wrestling. Like I started producing um, scissor hand jobs. Okay. So I would get some of the more athletic porn girls that knew how to scissor, but were okay with doing you yeah. know, mm-hmm. the jerky jerk. So um, that was selling really well for me for a while. And yeah, and then just some, some other random little little niches. Did you, yeah, and I, and I, the face sitting thing, I remember it, came, it didn't come up yesterday, but yesterday we were working with two girls and one of them, I'm not going to give her name, but she saw you like getting ready and she goes, she's like, that girl's ass is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's if, crazy. If, if anybody like, listening hasn't seen what Cheyenne's ass looks like, please Google her Google because it. oh my god, <laughs> Cheyenne the, Jules' ass. It is all over the internet. It is currently face sitting at the top of Google. Feel free to pause this podcast immediately <laughs> and Google that ass. It's like those the, the books you read as a kid, like and now turn the page after the sound of the ass. But yeah, it was uh, it was one of the, the newer girls, and she was just like, "What? What does she do to get that? I don't fucking know." I'm assuming works out. She works out. Deal with the devil. I don't know. But anyway, so uh, uh, I know recently you're uh, we were talking about how you you're you haven't really been shooting as much. Is it you're, you're stopping trade or you? I, doing... I I won't say I had. A burnout because I've had burnouts Mm -hmm. before and that's generally when you're shooting every freaking day and you don't get a break and your head wants to explode and I know you guys can attest to that yeah yeah. my my head has exploded many times yeah so I've had legit burnouts but something this spring I just woke up one day and was like it's it's not that I dislike my job because I'm very blessed and and very appreciative to all the fans that have allowed me to continue to do this for over 10 years. Yeah. But I just woke up one day and was like, 
why am I going to update my clip stores if you guys are just going to steal my videos? Yeah. I just woke up one day and was like, I'm not producing any new content for clips or sale. <clears throat> you guys can pay me for customs and then maybe I'll load those. But I just, I just, the random, just all the, when I get together with, you know, models coming through Vegas or if I'm traveling and we do these big afternoons of all these clips and these trade days and all this stuff. And like, for what? For you guys to pirate it all? Mm -hmm. All that wasted time. So I just got to where... I'm just not doing a lot of exclusive trade with anyone right now because I would prefer people to order customs right now, and that's kind of what I'm going with. Right and then now. you get a you can get a profit off the customs. At least sales. I'm being paid yeah. for my time, and then anything extra is is a plus. Is, yeah. So yeah. that's kind of where I am right now. That's and that's a good topic to hit because that's something that's happening now. Hopefully, maybe if we keep doing this podcast later on down the road, it'll it'll peter off and won't be as bad. But yeah, there's even my stuff like mm -hmm. me and uh, like Jackie and I don't. Um, I mean, we don't really shoot porn. So to see our stuff up on Pornhub... I mean, it's, it's porn to It's porn people. to people. I mean, it's fetish. But I mean, but when you see... You know, you go to Pornhub, there's not a picture of a girl, you know, putting her foot on a dude's face. It's just like fucking... <laughs> fuck, yeah, there's, you know, <laughs> assholes with elbows in them. And, um, and then... But there's these little pockets of Pornhub where it'll be like, all my fucking videos. And I'm just like... The good thing about that, I think I talked to you about it before, but to reiterate... You can hire someone to just DMCA that shit. Which oh, is, well, yeah. I, I do them myself. It's more of the time... That it takes? To, like, I even tell fans, if a fan finds a link and they send it to me, they can go to my clip store and they can tell me a clip that they want yep. and I will reward them with a free clip. So I am still doing that to anybody that's listening. I do that as well. <laughs> I, I actually do that I, as well. I love when fans save me time and tell me that something's going on that I'm not aware of. That's always great. Mm -hmm. um, but it's more, I don't have the time to sit there every day and go through Pornhub and RedTube and nope. this and that. Yeah. I just don't have the time. It's impossible to mm. keep up with it, mm -hmm. no. with all the stuff that's out there. But the good thing is we do have very faithful uh, fans who will yeah. contact me and say, hey, man, I saw this. This guy has all your shit in this one place, but he's blocked it. But I found a way that you can go in there and, like, you know, copy yeah. it. And uh, usually, I mean, shit, most fans, fans that don't give a fuck are just like, yay, free stuff. But they understand that in order to see more new shit, mm -hmm. you know, we have to be making some sort of money to produce new, new, new content. Mm -hmm. And some people don't. They don't, they don't give a fuck. They're just like, I just want what I can get for free now. Mm -hmm. And so maybe fans who hear this and hear that you're no longer doing as much trade work and you're, you're you know, concentrating on customs can see that as like a, an effect of this stupid shit going on. Mm -hmm. And they'll go like, man, we should really crack down on this. Yeah. We've, <clears throat> we've spoken about this before in previous podcasts and just how it hurts the industry for people like us because, I mean... We're not going to sugarcoat it and say that we don't torrent, you know, music or or movies like Hollywood films, but that's on such a larger scale, and it's yeah. like we're working in this industry as an individual. Like this is our main source of income. Yeah. So when you take that away from us, it hurts us exponentially, and it's yeah. not like we have a whole crew like paying for everything. And it's like, no, this is this is the only way that we make our money. And when stuff like this happens, it's like it sucks. You have to like you know, take away your content from everybody else and, and then you can't shoot what you want, like what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is like, like Rogue One just came out. I have a feeling it's, you know, ticket sales are not going to be hurt by some guy uploading a cam so, yeah. you know, to a fucking torrent site. Whereas, you know, with us, it's, you can easily put our stuff up on YouTube and you'd have to fight to get it taken down. Yeah. Uh, these guys, you know, Hollywood has millions of lawyers ready 
for anything like that to happen. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't think that the fan, some of the fans, I don't think that some of them realize that we are not Hollywood. Yeah, we do not have the funds to go through with how Hollywood can go and track things down and and have lawyers and stuff like that. Like we. We are single people or couples, you know, just like trying to make it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, we're not, we're not living in mansions and, you know, it's not like that. No, mm-hmm. not at all. I mean, sometimes we'll shoot in a mansion. Like, <laughs> you'll see that in, a, in like a late night Cinemax thing. But yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know. It's a tough situation. But yeah, I mean, it's something that will either work itself out or we just got to keep fighting it. But, yep. But moving on to, uh, to, to brighter things. Um, Let's see. So now uh, you're co- you're currently doing in terms of your travel and stuff. You're just doing like occasional trips to certain sections and just shooting. If if I could get myself on a webcam schedule and do well, I I wouldn't ever leave my yard to be honest <laughs> with you. But um, I I'm one of those people that has a hard time. Um, sitting still in my house and like focusing on computer work or sitting on cam i always have to be like doing something Mm -hmm. so uh i've been doing about a week a month um in a different area so like that you guys uh atlanta had me for my december one week away and i'll be home the rest of the month um other than i don't count quick runs to la i don't count because it's really quick and i can do it in one or two days so it's not a big deal to go out there for like one or two shoots and hurry back um, sometimes I won't even get a hotel. I'll just drive out, shoot, and then like usually I have to take a nap in my car on the way home. <laughs> well, there you go. It's cheaper yeah. than a hotel. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, oh, the other thing I was going to mention, um, a lot of fans that do know you know you through uh, Ultimate Surrender. Yes. And um, that's that's a company that I've always been just kind of blown away by because mm. not just of the popularity because we were talking to one of the wrestlers yesterday and it's this is a person who had, I didn't know even look I, I guess i'm not going to say this person looked at that kind of stuff but he he knew mm. what ultimate surrender was because uh, the moment i said that he's like oh yeah i know what that is and i'm like do you know what happens in ultimate surrender? yeah i know what happens and, yeah I, um, I like your strap-on pictures by the way oh thank you <laughs> uh, yeah they're a hit <laughs> yeah people like those but uh but yeah and i think uh, <laughs> a, i'm not going to give the line away but there's a line in one of the wrestling videos where it's mentioned and it's fucking <laughs> It's one of the funniest lines I think uh, we've we've heard on the site, um, and you just went with it. Like I honestly thought you were gonna break character at that point. I want to know what it is. I mean, <laughs> well, not everyone's gonna buy it, but so, <laughs> so uh, Tiny had asked me like, oh, what does she do pro? And I'm like, well, she's not she's not a pro, but she's done pro style wrestling, and she does she does grappling, she does. And I said, but have you ever heard of Ultimate Surrender? Expecting him to go like, no, what is it? And he's like, oh yeah, 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 that's the one with the strap-ons. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> It's like the Disney of porn. Everyone, yeah. everyone knows yeah, the Ultimate Surrender much. at Kink.com. Those guys are fucking massive. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I, uh, you know, so for those who don't know, uh, all three of you, uh, Ultimate Surrender is you you grapple for real, right? mm-hmm. and whoever it is one hundred percent competitive. A lot of people want to argue that it's not just because of the porn aspect, mm-hmm. but. We go at it. I mean, those of us that are usually in uh, the Summer Vengeance, which is like the year-end kind of tournament bracket that they Mm do, um, well, it ends in September, but for their season, um, those of us that are are, do have some outside training um, are generally the ones that end up ending in the top spots of the bracket and you know first second third and whatever so it's like you have to actually have some some real wrestling or jujitsu skill to have success with ultimate surrender mm-hmm. you can't just go in there not knowing anything and flail around you do have to have a little bit of training mm-hmm. 
So. I, I had a couple, I had one girl who worked for them. Ah, fuck. Um, very beautiful. Uh, br- no, brunettes. Uh. Um, she did a couple of things for us, but she had uh, she had started in porn and switched to pro wrestling, but she told me she had been ultimate. She had gone there with no training. <laughs> she was it had... Trina Michaels? Yes. She, yeah, yeah. She worked for him there for, you go. for quite a while. Thank yeah. you. She was before I got into it. Yeah. yeah. And Trina was, she was great to work with, but we were talking outside about the fire and she just was like telling me all these stories about like, man, I should have, uh, <laughs> should have fucking learned to grapple. Mm-hmm. Cause, uh, for those who don't know, like I said, if you lose uh, a match at Ultimate Surrender, there's a couple different things that could happen. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying the most common theme is that you get fucked with the strap on. Mm. Um, oh there... no. <laughs> Uh, I'm assuming there's variations on that too. I, I haven't seen a lot of the site. But. You do get everybody that loses gets fucked with the strap on, but whatever other various humiliations they might mix into that round um, just depends on the girls' limits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and the talents' limits. And so I told I told this to Tiny, and he's uh, just kind of like, oh, all right. And he just I, I didn't think he was gonna file it away for future use. <laughs> but there's this scene where he's got um, <clears throat> Cheyenne on the floor, and like he's, he's just give her a big slam, wakes her up, and he's like, uh, she's. I think you were like, I give up, I give up, and he just goes like, Are you giving me your ultimate surrender? Yeah, <laughs> it was really creepy. And, and you said, Yes, as a matter of fact, I am. And he's like, You know what that means? You're gonna get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> as in fucked up, as in not really. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Play it, it however you want, Sumiko was next to me fucking like holding her mouth, trying not to laugh. Like, <laughs> I've never seen that girl break character. You didn't break character at all, which is fantastic. I think he even told you that. Yeah, he complimented me afterwards and, and told me that. It's like you didn't yeah. you didn't yeah, you didn't laugh That's once. Awesome. It was fucking, awesome. fucking amazing. I think I was um, too terrified to think anything was funny. <laughs> Please don't kill me! Please don't kill yeah. me! Please don't kill me! <laughs> it was it was fucking hilarious. Um, you guys put on quite a show. Um, so going back to a few of the because uh, we're you know one of the things we like to talk about is is just fetish in general, mm-hmm. but also just sharing kind of stories and stuff. Um, one of the the things that our fans like to discuss is in terms of and you know like uh, I always have to dis- issue a disclaimer. Um, I used to be one of those guys that looking at fetishes I didn't understand. I would criticize them. Mm-hmm. And as time has gone by and I hear more and more about what people are into, and even the stuff that I don't understand, um, I I try to understand it. Because I understand, I, like, I, I know these people are not coming from a place where they're they're strange. This is just what hooked them in at a certain time in their lives. They had no control over it, I mm-hmm. think. And so I think the nature of fetish is that. So that's a disclaimer. I'm never going to say that anything's weird that you guys are into. Because I'm into stuff that, you know, vanillas will look at and like, oh, females wrestling in bikini? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and then you're knocking women out, carrying them around. Where are you taking them? You know? Um, and so... With that in mind, however, what what like which requests? I know you've done a lot, and you actually you're very much very open minded. So this is kind of interesting to me. Like out of all the requests that you've gotten, has there ever been uh, an Amasis before? A, a, anything that you either a said just fucking no to? Oh yeah. And why? And then the other set, part B of that question is like something you said yes to, but you were still like, oh man, this is gonna be fucking wild. Well. <clears throat> The biggest, biggest no-no ever, and please don't anybody ever email me about this again, because <laughs> I will rip you a new asshole. Um, and the fetish is ripping people a new assholes. <laughs> oh, oh, I will put my, my foot so far up your butt. No, um, the, the animal crushing bullshit. Oh, yeah. Do oh, yeah. not, do not, do not. 
No. I have a massive yeah. problem with that too. Oh yeah. And bugs included. I'm, I'm bugs assuming. included. Um, I had somebody even ask about you know, roaches or ants one time, and I yeah. told them no, just for the basis of I just won't do the genre at all. Now roaches, okay. I live in Vegas. They're everywhere. You guys probably have them here in the yep. summer. Oh, I've yeah. seen them wear three, three piece suits in Vegas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> roaches are, are pretty plentiful in Vegas, even if you're uh, fist bumping and shit. Oh yeah, I mean I'm pretty OCD. Keep my house spotless. Like I never leave crumbs on the counter or anything, and I'll still have an occasional roach running through my kitchen. So mm-hmm. it's just. One of those things. So I could easily squish roaches because I do that on my sidewalk every evening but not anyway. For... But I will not do a video of crushing mm-hmm. anything that, that's a living, breathing thing. Just... I'm actually phobic of, of, of cockroaches. So just the <laughs> idea of videos that, that ha- have that happening freak me the fuck out. Yeah. Um, but okay, and that makes sense because you're very much like I, I, I'm on your Tumblr and I think we're both, we both are, we check each other's Tumblr. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of like, um, uh, like, and, like, you know, protective protection of animals and stuff yeah like I'm, I'm big into like big the into, animal rights stuff yeah, yeah. so i could totally see that being the case uh now has there been anything that you've been asked to do where you were like man i'm almost gonna say no to this but fuck it let's just give it a shot um i had a i had a the first few were were pretty pretty vanilla but then the the gentleman kept ordering and he was ordering pretty consistently for a while and the the customs started making irking me a little bit because it was getting a little more sexual each time where first it started off where I was just talking to my dog. My my pit bull, my 70 pound pit bull <laughs> would be in the video frame and I'm literally like talking to him like he's a person. Well then every time the gentleman will order another one, he would be asking me to lose a piece of clothes and then eventually be naked and then eventually he wanted the dog closer to me and then oh, if it was man. just getting like i was like no we're i'm not i'm sorry after about the fifth one i'm like i'm i'm not comfortable with this oh, shit yeah oh. <laughs> You should have just like let him on though and see exactly where yeah, it would go. Like... I was pretty sure I was seeing where it was going. <laughs> yeah. he, he wanted like the dog next to me on the couch while I'm like masturbating over it, and I was just like, "This is getting a little like uh, the dog's not coming that close to me while I'm nude. We're, yeah. we're, we're done with this." <gasps> I'm pretty sure the dog can't like sign a tutu. Uh, yeah, no, no. The dog and the dog even looked embarrassed. In yeah, like he was like, "Why is this? Why am I?" What are you doing, mom? <laughs> yeah. Dogs, dogs are like that, dude. Like, if I walk around my house naked, my dogs will look at me like, what the... Wait, there's Where's your fur? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's your funny uh, joke fur on the chest and the denim fur at the bottom? But, um... See, my, my cats never mind when I'm naked. They think it's my natural state. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Um, no, but, um... Yeah, shit. I was, I'm with Jacqueline on this one. It's just been like, hey, oh, you know what? Send me your next 10 scripts and let me take a look at them and just see what the process is. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. No, that's a, that's a toughie, but yeah, fuck. No. Yeah. I uh, I think I'm on the same line. over your dog fetish. Mm. And that does go into the realm of the stuff that I don't understand. And um, the whole, like, anything that's that's torture to, to, even people like an unwilling person or whatever. Yeah, anything unwilling or unable to speak for itself and voice its its feelings and, you know. Give consent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. It's just a no-go. And um, 
we I, I stopped working with a model because I found out that, that she would, had been involved in like a animal torture thing. I actually want to commend you <clears throat> on sticking to your guns about that because oh. there were several people in our industry that said the same thing and went back to work with her. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I know one person who continues to work with her who never said anything about it. So at least mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, you never sat there and said like, fuck you. And then mm-hmm. turn it around and said like, come work for me. Mm-hmm. I was so fucking like, I, it really hit me. Cause at first I thought it was a lie. Cause we, I really liked this girl. I thought mm-hmm. she was cool. I'd had nothing but fun times with her. Um, and when I found out about it, I was, uh, for, it did take me a while to kind of go like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, do it. And then, um, when she, she started defending herself and saying that it was like, oh, well, I'm scot-free because of a statute of limitations. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. not, the, you, you still did it. Mm-hmm. It's just that now the law can't prosecute you. Mm-hmm. At no point did she say, I really regret this. I, I was young, you know, I was stupid. She so- tried to say <clears throat> she was on a lot of drugs in her early 20s, and she tried to blame some of it on being very intoxicated during mm-hmm. those shoots. But I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not an angel. I've tried this, I've tried that. It never made me want to squish bunnies mm-hmm. I'm sorry yeah so, I, I, it's not an excuse so I'm glad that we we both at least agree on that yeah we do because <laughs> I've had yeah I've had some fans who are like when are you going to work with so and so again and I'm like uh, <laughs> it's not going to happen dude yeah. it's not going to happen but it's been so long I'm like nope <clears throat> not at all but uh, but yeah that's oh that's a fucking yeah that was a tough one yeah uh, but uh uh, in terms of the fetish world now, actually, we had a question that was going to pop up because we were talking about the grappling stuff. Mm-hmm. And a gentleman named James, last name is Head. Oh, I know James. Hi, James. James. Uh, he asked a question that I was actually going to ask, but I know yesterday we were trying to watch um, <coughs> UFC and the fucking TV shit on us. <laughs> And started record, like it stopped because it went overtime. So right when they were about to start the match, oh no! It was like, and here they are. <laughs> um. And uh, people, yeah, people who are, they know that you have an interest in UFC and MMA, obviously with Ultimate Surrender, you've done grappling, uh, you've brought your skill into the into that particular genre and into ours as well, but he wants to know what got you into MMA. Um, uh, he says wrestling, but we found out what got you into mm-hmm. wrestling. But in terms of the MMA, what, uh, fighting in general, what martial arts are you skilled in? Um, I'm really, I only claim skill in grappling and ground fighting because um, as far as stand-up, I've only taken maybe four total months, eh, well, sporadically over time, maybe six months total here and there, um, but it was about four straight months of stand-up I did because, uh, and James is one of the fans that knows, I don't know if you guys realized, because um, it was probably right after I saw you the last time around the same time, but I was supposed to do an amateur MMA fight. So I, I did like four months of stand up to get ready for that, mm-hmm. um, which was boxing and Muay Thai. And um, <laughs> my stand up's horrible. Uh, I, I haven't gotten down the head movement yet. Uh, my footwork's <laughs> horrible. Um, however, uh, my punching strength is there. I'm told I punch like a man, so that's good. Uh, other other than that, um, my boxing is horrible. So. What about your the, the ground game? Like, is that more um, your strength? Gr- gr- well, ground game wise, I've had uh, much jujitsu training. Um, I'm roughly without having actually tested because I mostly do nogi, so they don't give uh, belts for nogi at a mm-hmm. lot of academies. So I'm roughly a high blue, low purple, depending on the day and like who my opponent is and stuff. Have you ever wrestled? Um, Oh, we, we just, well, in terms of like the girls you've worked with, and, and you know, doing, I guess, 
film matches or even sessions, mm-hmm. um, have you encountered somebody who you're like, holy shit, this person's like really fucking... Oh, up. yeah, there's... Um, <clears throat> a lot of people don't give because they, they just look at us as fetish porn yeah, stars like, or yeah, whatever, they, but... What skills? Uh, yeah. there, there's quite, quite a few girls in the industry that don't get the credit for actually being, like, skilled submission artists, but, like... Um, Ariel X, VV Lane. I mean, those two have had extensive training in real martial arts. Um, Mistress Kara. Um, I think who else do I know that? that Gia Primo is another one that, um, like, but she's like trained yet. She does a lot of session work, so she's. Yeah, I don't think is she trained. She, I don't know. She's just. I heard she used to take BJJ. She used to. Yeah, she I don't used know to. if she how long ago. Um, <clears throat> Tongue Tommy mm-hmm. is a force to be reckoned with. I can't move that woman to save my life. Um, yes, yeah, so there's there's a handful. I mean, that are legit problems for me when I get <laughs> like I, I don't win all my matches by any means. Trust me, <laughs> it's fun to try. Yeah. So. <clears throat> well, I have a question. Yeah, please. Um, because I started getting into the world of semi-competitive grappling, mm-hmm. and I found that I really love it. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, you know, I would talk to the girls beforehand and just be like, you know, I, I don't do this on the regular. I am not trained by any means, but I do have a competitive side. And, you know, I'm not just going to, like, you know, sit and take it or I'm going to just beat somebody <laughs> up. Sorry. Honey. No, 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 keep talking. I'm not going to beat up a girl just, you know, because I'm stronger than them. Like, I actually enjoy the competitiveness mm-hmm. of it. Um, that being said, I'm very interested in kind of delving deeper into being like professionally trained mm-hmm. and like, what would you recommend would be a good starting point for somebody that's, you know, I have, I have like, you know, experience with wrestling mm-hmm. and, and semi-competitive grappling, but like, I don't know, like where would you even start? I would imagine there's some pretty good MMA schools or dojos or you know mm-hmm. um, academies or, I mean Atlanta's such a big um, you know kind of happening city and uh, MMA and UFC is, is such a you know mainstream thing now I would imagine that if you just google I don't know what's here but like whatever has the highest rating for mm-hmm. um, is it jujitsu specifically you'd like to get into or just grappling in general to, to learn more I think skill? just the grappling um, like if I could if I could learn how to do the submission holds and like those crazy moves where because I had I have a match not too long ago and it was against Jinx mm-hmm. and she's not <clears throat> trained either but she's she's done a bunch of uh, session uh, grappling matches and she got me in a couple of holds that like weren't even like very technical it was just a matter of like how she had her leg like hooked on my ankle that was so painful mm-hmm. like i couldn't do anything but just lay there and i was like i fucking give i'm tapping out right now and i can't even move like it was crazy it's like no effort at all like i want to know like those little you know my, minute things grappling too. would be a good or like I, or jujitsu like she said there's actually a school uh, our buddy Gary Pranzo when he comes here mm-hmm. he tries to go like once oh man but when he goes he comes mm-hmm. back with like black eyes and stuff <laughs> like that's intense that's probably not the level that I'm looking to go for yeah you're looking for a beginner mm-hmm. yeah. well see one thing and I've commented on this um, even at some of the places in Vegas that offer jujitsu some places will offer beginner intermediate and advanced classes but then some of them won't and the ones that don't suck 
for the reason of a new person is getting thrown to the wolves mm. and yeah. they're not starting you by a base by base like helping you start from the ground up it's like whatever you show up for that day say they're schooling arm bars that day mm-hmm. so you're new and the instructor's like okay well we're doing this arm bar today and you're sitting there and you're new and you're like i don't know where to start because i'm a beginner and you're doing arm bars today mm-hmm. so it's like best to look if there's a spot that offers different levels okay. and then you can get the beginner basics it's always better to know the basics before you start throwing a bunch of crazy submissions anyway <laughs> which of course you you probably already know just from doing what you've done you yeah. probably know enough of the basics but yeah, yeah. Because there's some things that work, obviously, in theory, or like, not even theory, but like with <clears throat> more of the fantasy wrestling, you know, like, ne- you know, Nexus and stuff like that work with like the Dom sessions and stuff, but you don't really see a lot of that in actual grappling. Like when you see two grapplers, I remember watching UFC when I was much younger, I'm like, there ain't doing no scissors. Go yeah, on. you don't <laughs> see it scissors very often in it, however. When you do uh, lock in like a triangle or something like that, then yeah, that'll be it, but yeah. like it's hard to do. Yeah, you, so, you have to get a scissor in the perfect spot to make it uh, actually work for a competitive match, which I did actually just do in Germany. I was very shocked. I, I got a much uh, a much larger, um, I think she was from Czech, Czech Republic. I got her to tap with a scissor in Germany was two weeks Jenny? ago. Hmm? No, not Jenny Czech. Uh. <laughs> I couldn't pronounce some of these girls' names. There was a handful of them, but just it wasn't Just one Jenny. girl in the Czech uh, Republic and yeah. it's Jenny. It is. <laughs> The only one that matters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it like a body scissors or neck scissors? Um, body, bo- body, a body and a and a. I was actually shocked that she tapped in the reverse um, because it was like a moment where she was like really out of breath, and I just somehow got on top of her and just got her head really quick. So it was actually two separate. It was a body and a, and nice. a head that I got her to Good tap job. with. Yeah. Good job. Like I said, I. I have no grappling experience. If you and I grappled, I'd be over pretty quick, I think. Uh, so, but I do find it fascinating at times to watch because it's, it's it is like watching like a game of chess almost. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this physical, mental chess. Uh, but we had like, you know, uh, my friend Carrie Spectrum, who you've worked with, and my friend Gia Primo, who's I've worked with and is a fucking beast. Like they, I scheduled a grappling shoot with them, and I wanted to to film it because I was just like, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Ended up being. A really good match, but I think Carrie wants a rematch. I don't know. I'm gonna have to make that happen at some <laughs> point. But uh, that's just insane. It's 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 fun to watch. Like I yesterday, I was watching it and it felt like a kid because I just kept screaming at the screen when someone got punched in the face for real. So I shoot so many fake punches. When you see someone take one like for real and like repeatedly in the face, it fucking it's, it's a shock to the system. <laughs> You're used to it, but like I was just watching like fuck out, dude. And the the fact that these guys are taking shots. And they're not just going down. They're fighting back. I'm like, you hit me once in the jaw. Like, I'm down. That's it. It's over. How is that grappling getting punched in the face? Well, it's... Um, <laughs> I mean, what do they what do they allow there? It's just pretty much anything except... In UFC? Yeah. In UFC, they're allowed to do most things except strikes. No, no strikes or kicks to the back of the head. I think it's a rule where if the guy's already down and he's like on his back, you can't just walk up and kick him in the head so uh, yeah like protection to the back of the head they still didn't they they outlaw like dick punching way back in the day um (laughs) i i don't think it was ever uh a rule but more of a more of a man to man kind of like like, an honor thing yeah you would would think like (laughs) honor the gonads if you just walk in and just straight kick someone in the dick and then the match is over like that's not very sportsman like (laughs) 
I would just love to see the faces on like the guys who paid five hundred thousand dollars for that front row ticket, <laughs> just to see like a scene from an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, it's like all right, oh, blah, and then <laughs> ding ding ding. But no, but I remember the new ball busting champion dude, is. There, there would be old videos when UFC or I'm not gonna say it was UFC, but when MMA was first hitting these guys trapping each other in locks, and there's the fucking shorts, and they would just start punching. Probably back in the Pride days. Maybe Pride was brutal. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah, Pride didn't have nearly as many rules as UFC does now. That was okay. like the start of like all of that. Was, okay, because yeah. my friend was like, "Oh, you're gonna go watch UFC?" And I'm like, uh, "Isn't that they, don't they just call that sweaty dick punching?" And I'm like. <laughs> I don't think they do that anymore, which is great. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's already hard to watch for me. <clears throat> Someone taking a hit to the head. So, yeah, the, the alternate is pretty bad. But um, mm-hmm. So, moving along, there's another topic that we mention a lot here. Uh, well, there's a couple of small ones that are, I think will be fun if you address them. So, being someone that's been in the business now for, you said, almost 10 years, mm-hmm. um, your biggest, and we can exchange information on this, but your biggest pet peeves when it comes to... Uh, either producers, models, or just just you know the the whole world in general. Because a lot of girls that are and guys looking to get into the business, they think it's going to be all fucking. Oh, I'm just going to go have fun, do these role role play these things, get paid for it. But there's a lot of fucking shit that that pisses people off. Oh yeah, um, I mean I don't even know where to start. <laughs> what which area do you want me to rant about first? Oh man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say just like, and you don't have, obviously we don't have to name names, we can mm. be respectful of that, but um, I've, I've had certain experiences where I've, I've chaperoned uh, models and gone with them on trips and seen how other producers work versus um, the, the bad versus the good production experiences, mm-hmm. um, and there's been some fucking nightmares, like seriously, like people who just no idea what they're doing. Um, in my case, wrestling stuff where I'm seeing these guys do stuff that I, I know that was going to get the girl hurt. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to step in and be like, no, you can't do that. You're in a hotel room. These are flat mats. You can't take this kind of move, give this kind of bump. Mm-hmm. Well, why not? I'm like, because that'll impact the neck or the head or the shoulder. And uh, and they would get all belligerent and pissed off. And then mm-hmm. the girls would get all fucking awkward. And, so, and that's just a nightmare for me because I'm, I'm, I have to step in and go like, dude, don't do it because you're going to get somebody hurt. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure for models, there's got to be way worse in terms of just bad experiences oh yeah um we can start with sessions have you done have you done sessions in the past oh i do lots of sessions okay so like sessions is a <laughs> okay. good one because i was talking Pet peeves to, yeah. about sessions yes <laughs> okay um first of all the email process is probably the most annoying for me because some of these people try to just email to talk about their fantasy and not pay me and think that I have five hours email back and forth like we're text messaging and we're not fucking text messaging guys Mm -hmm. okay so it's like I started making I made a rule if you have not sent your session deposit by the fifth to tenth email and the tenth I'm being nice if I'm drawing it out that long but that's just if we're I don't know trying to figure out which hotel it's going on at or whatever so it's taking longer if you have not sent your session deposit before the 10th email i'm done we're cut off if we have not scheduled it i'm done talking to you because it's just i think some people get off on time wasting like they legitly enjoy it for some reason Mm -hmm. and i just have zero tolerance for that anymore i've been doing it way too long and i do not have enough hours in the day for time wasters. I think Jacqueline and I get a lot of that <laughs> with custom requests as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, same thing with customs. Know. If they haven't sent their custom money again after like the fifth to tenth email, I'm done. I've had one dude who has emailed me repeatedly for the last, I would say, year. Um, and the emails are very short. And they always ask the same question. 
is so-and-so available to be Supergirl and is so-and-so available to fight against her? And I would say yes. A day later, is so-and-so available to be Supergirl? And so all different girls. And that's all. He would never send a script. He would never. He just asked me, is this girl available? Is this girl available? And mm-hmm. I would finally, I just stopped, I just stopped fucking writing back. But to this day, he still sends those every couple of days. Like, no, she isn't available. I killed her. Yeah. No, I can relate because there's there's a couple people and I have seen, sometimes they'll change their email just slightly, but it's like still the same wording, but like with an extra dot or something. And, and, and it's like, dude, I know it's you. You're asking the same question you've been asking me for five years and you've still never met with me. Never paid for anything. Never whatever. Um, so yeah, but like the same stupid guy that keeps sending can your scissors crush me? And what it's yep. like, will you just fucking get a session and find out already? Because I'm not answering you. It's yeah. Li- yeah. It's, li- it's pure lip service. Yeah. And, Tell and me it. what you would do to me in a session. Yeah. yeah. How about we yeah. get a session and you, and find, you find out? out. <laughs> so, yeah, I have zero tolerance for time wasters anymore. I used to try to be nice. I've played the game, but I started adding up. If I spend two to five minutes a day answering someone's repeated email and then you add up all the minutes that you wasted on that person before you know it you just wasted an hour of your life on this one person that has done nothing for you but aggravate you mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sorry guys like i i appreciate the the real fans that want to actually be people and go forth with mm-hmm. stuff not these people that want to be these keyboard warriors or these dicks in their hands one-handed typing. I'm like, sorry, I just don't have the time for it anymore. Yeah, we call it. We call it. Yeah, the one-handed typing. Yeah. Um, uh, but in terms of so, uh, you know, obviously those are the pet peeves of the session yeah. world. But I'm sure that sessions and order and customs. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sure you've had some great experiences with sessions. Oh well. no, absolutely! I've yeah. met some amazing people, and I try to think of those people when the irritating people start to get me down. I I try to think of all the wonderful people that I've also met over mm-hmm. the years. Do you feel that, um, did you get like more of a perspective uh, on fetish when you started working with sessions and hearing other people's yes. kind of, yeah, like yeah, origins? Um, when <clears throat> some session clients will open up to me and, and mention uh, where they think that their fetish came from or tell like a childhood story of, oh, well, my female cousin used to always pin me down and I couldn't get up and, you know, like, so it's, it's interesting to hear those things and understand. Has there know? ever been an origin story that just kind of stood out to you where you're like, wow, that's really interesting? Without putting the person on blast, obviously. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm fascinated by people's, um, where shit starts, like where something clicked. I always ask my fans like, oh, well, you like the specific kind of like, I don't know, denim. That mm-hmm. This girl has to wear these jeans or has to wear this kind of like, what the start of that? And so you always get some interest. It's I'm, never the same story twice. Yeah. True, yeah. I'm, I'm it's highly unique. intrigued to hear anybody's like started their fetishes because it's always something like really specific and it's it's like this moment where like they watch something and then mm. at that point in time it just clicked with them and never left their psyche and you know they'll they'll want to see it and like most of the guys are just like it needs to be this certain way she needs to be wearing this certain thing saying this thing like looking this way and it's just like over and over again different girls doing that same thing mm-hmm. and it's, it's pretty fascinating to me and there's people who have that one specific fetish where, like, let's say it is just pedal pumping. Mm-hmm. Uh, or then it starts to branch out to, like, pedal pumping with this particular kind of dress or this particular kind of pantyhose or this particular kind of car, you know, stuff like that. That that always fascinates me because, like, with me, my personal tastes are, like, fucking everywhere. 
there's a myriad of things that I love. It's not just the one thing of like, I really like female wrestling or I really like pins or knockouts or whatever. Um, and so I always, I always am curious to hear like stories behind that. And I was going to see if you had any that popped out at you where you were like, holy shit, that's how that happened. Well, again, as just like earlier, I've heard so many, um, mm-hmm. interesting ones that now I'm trying to, <laughs> now I'm drawing a blank. I'm writing all these down too. I'm like, what was the first the one? Best. The first one that she was like, I can't think of one. Um, oh man. Um, <laughs> I think you were asking my... This is a very gray day for my us cool. today, folks. <laughs> my brain is really foggy today. Oh, dude. For those <laughs> who are, need to understand, it. it's like fucking 30 degrees outside. It's rainy. It's wet and disgusting. And all day. Yeah. yeah. This is one of those, yeah, stay we're inside. We're all on and, the, the foggy brain train today. <laughs> and we were up really late uh, uh, working and, up late and hanging night. out. Yeah. Um, but uh, so... In terms of uh, video production and stuff like that, is there any particular pet peeves, anything that, that has hit you where you were like, this is just a really terrible experience? Or maybe not to, oh, not to be negative, well, but just going like, this was a very positive experience. Well, mm. I've had many, many, many amazing um, experiences, of course, with people who are very professional and, and fun and down-to-earth. Um, one thing that I've noticed that has all been a factor in some of the negative experiences have been the fact that how Clips for Sale and them being one of the originals and now there's other sites like that that have trickled down, yeah. that has given the power to people with cameras who shouldn't have it. That there's some people that just because Clips for Sale is such an easy format, mm. any Joe Schmo blow can go get a video camera or now use his smartphone because our phones are like now, you know, 4K and whatever. You can put fucking, and, you can put lenses on your iPhone. Yeah. Like you can get like wide angle lenses and shit like that. For yeah. I, I've actually been <clears throat> collecting um, on a Cyber Monday, ordered, ordered a bunch of pieces for my cell phone mm-hmm. for to make my Snapchat better. Oh. So biggest per- peeve being... And I don't mean this condescendingly towards anybody, but basically fanboys who Clips for Sale gave power to to open clip stores who are just forum drama kings and just should not, they are not professional people and should not be hiring models and and putting model safety in. in, So these are people who were like fans to begin with. They, fans they bought a camera. noticed how easy it was mm. to throw up a clip store, but their mentality to start with was never professional, so they just shouldn't be doing it. So, unfortunately, clips are sale, and that's you know why there's, I don't know, what, what's the numbers up to oh, now? 180,000 or whatever stores yeah. now. I don't even know because I haven't been on lately. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah that, that's my biggest pet peeve. There's plenty of people that should not have clip stores. But other than that... Um, it's just, it's it's like a microcosm of the internet too, because everyone said that about the internet recently. Like in the internet, on the internet, everyone everyone's a star. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own Vine. Everyone has their own Instagram. Everyone has their own Twitter. Everyone's saying things that they want the world to hear, mm-hmm. uh, but not all of them are worth hearing. Yeah, and that's kind of the same thing with clips for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would never talk myself up to be this masterful producer. I think that what I shoot is good for what I do. But you're right. There are sometimes I'll occasionally, you know, like someone will be like, hey, have you seen this store? And I'll go check it out. And I'm like, I can't even tell what's going on in the picture. Like, it's, Yeah, you can't even tell, like, <clears throat> who was in the picture. Like, you know. There was this one company. Exactly? I'm not going to name the company, but this guy said, 
oh, these, uh, there's these two beautiful, very exotic, dark-skinned girls that I would love for you to hire if you can find out where they are. So he sent me a, a link to a clips for sale store, and it was something like, I don't know what the name, but it, it had the exotic name word in there. And <laughs> they have, like, you can do GIFs now, mm-hmm. and, like, you do preview clips, I think. So I hit the GIF, and it's, I think it was, they were on a bed of some sort, and it was the grainiest, darkest, like, like if someone just took their phone and put, like, a... I don't know, maybe like a little black pad over it and started filming. And I couldn't, I was like, how the fuck are you going to take that and put it up for sale mm. and expect it to sell? Twenty five ninety nine For 13 minutes. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So, okay. So that one in terms, and I, you know, you and I talked about that uh, yesterday at length. And uh, there are, I <clears throat> uh, to catch Jacqueline up, you know, we're kind of talking about people who are, producers quote unquote uh-huh. but they thrive on just basically just rumor mills talking shit going on forums going on twitters you know basically just criticizing everybody in the world and oh, yelling we know shit a at couple of those. yeah and uh, instead of actually producing things that are worth or you know are, are worth the shit they just spend most of their time doing what she said just doing the whole like sewing circle talking shit to the other two producers who care Mm-hmm. And um, neither but, of which are relevant either. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like. You but the great thing about that, you just ignore them, and <laughs> yeah. they just kind of shrivel up and die and go away, mm. and you can move forward. But well, it is, so, some of them uh, hang on for years though before they go away. <laughs> Fucking barnacles. Uh, uh, I'm like, um, how old are you? Are you ever going to grow up? Because that was like six years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why don't you buy some lights and a white balance card, dude? Um, but um, yeah, but when when you air your dirty laundry out like that for the entire world to see on the internet, like. People are on to you. Like your your customers will see how you treat people and how you talk to them, and like you know that matters to them. Like thankfully, a lot of fans have been like, okay, this this producer's fucking nuts, and like I don't like their content much anyway. Like they probably just bought a video or two just because they had a particular girl that mm-hmm. another company couldn't get because she was local or whatever. And then after they see this stuff, it's like. You do realize it's hurting your name, yeah. like your mm-hmm. brand name. We have so, a rival. I mean, yeah. Please, like, continue to do what you keep yeah. doing. <laughs> bury yourself deeper keep into that hole. Keep making yourself look psycho. That's all. There I'm was here. a. <laughs> yeah. I had a fan who contacted me and said, "Hey, this rival producer just spent like an hour tr- trash talking you to me, trying to get me to dislike you," and he was like. I don't even know this person and he's acting like it's a high school thing like you you know stop stop talking to him talk to me instead and he was so blown away that a, a, a human adult would mm-hmm. try to do that mm-hmm. that he was like I just fucking blocked the dude like mm-hmm. I, I you know I, I didn't like she said I didn't even like his stuff to begin with mm-hmm. like had a couple of pretty girls in there but it sucked and now he's sitting there trash talking you I don't even know you I don't even know him what the fuck and I was just like mm-hmm. it is what it is man and he's like, all right, well, thank you for not being crazy. I'll keep, you know, <laughs> keep up the good work. Yeah. That so. is the, the one thing I do love about this industry is that, like, you get to, you know, talk to the fans and they get to connect with you. And it's like, I mean, that kind of customer service goes a long way because, like, even as, you know, if you're just a model and then you have, you know, your clip store and you're starting out, like, if you treat your your customers like crap like they're probably not going to like you which means they're probably not going to buy your stuff no matter how hot you are or or whatever and it i mean i i love connecting with my fans i love talking to the the good ones Mm -hmm. that you know i feel like are worth my time that we can exchange stories and they give me good ideas and we talk about the fetish and then those are people that i feel like enhance my my uh, production company um so i mean 
Have you encountered any fans like that where you just kind of gone like, okay, this person's really cool? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I have a handful that I talk to almost daily on Twitter. We tell each other good morning, have a good day, you mm-hmm. know, like it's that, that solid handful that have like always been there, you know, that we, you know, just legitly can talk about, oh, well, what did you do today, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and that, There's some good eggs out there. Yeah, yeah, I know. You, you definitely have to think about the, the good ones and just laugh at the bad ones because they'll bury themselves eventually and hopefully mm-hmm. shrivel up and go away. But yeah. <laughs> some of them are, are pretty tenacious and like to hang on. Yeah, that's that's very true. Until um, then, we'll just laugh. Yeah, we'll just keep laughing. Just keep good. laughing. Um, in turn, so um, obviously we, you know, Jacqueline and I uh, produce. I produce what, what could be safely called like female mixed wrestling fetish stage combat. Jacqueline does like sleepy uh, fetish, damsel in distress kind of peril. What would you call it? What would be sleepy? I would say mostly sleepy fetish, right? I mean, that's my forte, mm-hmm. is the uh, sleepy fetish, knockouts, carries, um, everything that's surrounding that. <laughs> the thing that I love about my my videos is that I can incorporate all different kinds of other fetishes with the sleepy mm-hmm. fetish. Like, there's a huge pantyhose fetish, there's mm-hmm. a super heroin fetish, um, there's the whole damsel in distress thing, too. I could throw bondage in there mm-hmm. if I want to. Same thing with wrestling, you know? Mm-hmm. Just, like, get somebody tied up after a match. Which they used to do, fuck, on WWE way back in the day. It's like fucking hog tie matches or whatever they were. Um, or, you know, you tie two dudes together and they have to fight with the rope wrapped around and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So there's all these elements that broke in. But the question I was going to bridge from that is because you've worked with both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, are those big genres for you in terms of your fans? Is it sleepy and wrestling? Is that something you get a lot to do? I mean, no wrestling, obviously. Wrestling, obviously. Um, sleepy, not as much. Mm-hmm. But I did shoot a few of my own um, kind of limp play type videos in the past year. And I don't think the one has gone up yet. But one of them did, and it actually sold really well for me, which made me want to shoot more of it for myself. I just I just haven't been shooting content. So yeah. I, I might do more of that in the future. I'm always really jealous of that. I always tell Jacqueline, because <laughs> I, like, I don't get asked to lose. There's one guy or two guys who'll be like, oh, I want you to do a match where you lose. And I'm like, all right, send me money. And they don't. Um, and there's another guy who wants me to wear like this really over-the-top kind of Superman costume. And I'm just like, I can do that. But then he wants me to like shave my fucking goatee and do all this stuff. Mm. And like, yeah, that's a deal breaker. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, in, in terms of the, the limp stuff, I always get jealous because I'm just like, dude, it'd be great to just sit there and pretend to be asleep. Yeah, it's so easy. <laughs> have somebody just manipulate you and like, you know. So any fans out there, if you have a I'm secret lie, desire though, to see uh, we, we have had some girls that we would work with and you would think that it would be like the easiest job ever. Just lay there, do nothing. <laughs> but a lot of girls have a, a hard time with separating themselves from what's going on. Mm. So they'll kind of get a little nervous and stiffen up. Mm. And they'll be anticipating where their hands or whatever legs need to go. And they'll help you. For some reason, it's like they can't disconnect yeah, that. Yeah, probably oh, a natural they'll reaction. They'll do this number where they like lift the hand, you let go, and they're like... <laughs> still up there. Still up there for a few seconds before it drops. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that yeah, working with Jacqueline kind of made me realize that it's, it's doing sleepy stuff well is a skill. Like, it's a real skill. And being able to... You're contr- damn right it is. Being able to control, like... <laughs> like, when you do, like... We did knockout stuff with you yesterday mm-hmm. for certain moves and holds. Your reactions, your body reactions, your facial reactions, your sounds are, like, right on point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's because you've done it so much that you've perfected it mm-hmm. to a degree. Uh, but I've worked with girls. We had one girl that came over, bless her heart. 
<laughs> I love her to death. She's really sweet. But she came over and she sold well for me. But we did a thing with Jacqueline, and all it was was this guy wanted to see a lot of this where you kind of wiggle her wrists around, mm-hmm. and she couldn't. She was like, she was too stiff. She, too stiff. Yeah. And um, I'd had a really long day. I felt a little sick. Um, I was really tired, and I was like, I was, I was so And that was, that was like a 30-minute custom. It's a 30-minute custom of a lot of that, <coughs> and a lot of completely dead limb play, a lot of carries. Carries I could do, um, but when it came to moving the limbs around, she was stiff as a board. Mm. And I don't get frustrated easily, but I just kind of almost did, and I was just like, wanted to be like, what's wrong with you? Uh, but I understood and that... that's pers- when we broke out the chloroform, for real. <laughs> <laughs> And she went great after that. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> then we went to jail and we laughed. Laugh, um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like something as simple as just le- getting your wrist to just kind of do that mm-hmm. was a big deal for this girl. And I I understood it. Some people it's are maybe a little more wound up, and for them to just kind of let themselves go like that, it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, did you have any problems doing sleepy at the beginning, like? I'm trying to remember, like, when the very first time I ever did it was, and I have had people comment on me in the past that, well, and I know just from getting massages and stuff, I'm a naturally tense person. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's, like, just, but I am all the time. Like, I even notice, like, sometimes I'll have a hard time relaxing before bed. I'm just mm-hmm. always go, 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 and just always tense and stuff. So um, I can see how that that could be a thing mm-hmm. and I, I don't remember it specifically being an issue for me except and I think this happened last time I worked for Jackie was actually because I think it happened over here by your oh, couch man. one of us was a limp I think it was you or you had me working with another girl and she was very limp and I went to kind of cradle pick her up from down low like either the the couch or the floor yeah and the limp in the deadness and it's just too heavy and awkward sometimes to do the lifting carries with the limp bodies. Yeah. It is tough. Yeah. It is tough. That's the hardest thing about it for me. Oh, I am. <laughs> I don't blame you on yeah. that. Like, well, I, I, you have to have a certain level of, like, I, shit, like, t- Tiny picked you up for a, a bear hug yesterday where he just, woof, fucking, you almost Oh, yo, that, I flew yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> the back of your feet almost hit the ceiling. Mm. Like, he was like, rah, and you're like, what? Um, but with wrestling, at least like you can post for things and yeah. jump, and you can help the other person. Mm-hmm. Like with the sleepy stuff, it's just you all one sided yeah. because I mean it, it kills the fantasy for people when they see the other girl just like mm-hmm, putting my arm here and I'm gonna help you. Like then she doesn't look like she's out, mm-hmm. so fantasy gone. So yeah, I, it's it's tough, and like I I do remember that now because I was just like, hey, I know you're really strong, and I know you can pick up girls, no problem. So can we just try this? I think I was in heels, and that made it oh man way harder. Yes, yeah, so I'm such a dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lift and carry in heels is it doesn't matter how strong you are, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, but I mean. I, I hope I wasn't too much of a slave driver or anything. Oh, no. By, by I can no do way. this or else the shoot is over. No, no, no. <laughs> no. I, but, that yeah, that was the whole point. There's a skill to it. Yeah. I mean, even, even yeah. being able to um, – I've worked with girls. I worked with a girl a couple weeks ago where uh, it was three girls. I was uh, – or two or three girls. And I was doing three different carries. And it was almost like porridge. Like in that fucking in, – in Goldilocks, it was just like one girl mm-hmm. completely dead weight to me. The other girl helped me way too much. And the third one was just, just fine. Just right. Like, she knew how to look limp while still pushing off with her feet enough so when I lifted her, it wasn't a full dead weight mm. lift. 
But I realized that in itself is a skill. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. it's always funny when you see people who go like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And then they film a, 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 a carry scene and the girl's clutching onto the person that's carrying her, like holding on for dear life. Mm-hmm. Her legs are all stiff. And I like... Now Jacqueline has me watching movies in a completely different way. If I see a Carrie in a film, I'm just like, (laughs) like, I'm like taken out of the movie because I'm just like watching Hannibal and I'm like, oh, she's totally holding on to him. Oh, what the fuck is that about? Right? She won an an Oscar? What the fuck? Doesn't it kill it for you? It's like, (laughs) well, she's she's still awake. (laughs) (laughs) Like watching a chloroform scene in a movie and they cut away from the face. Yeah. And then you're kind of going like, what? Dude, that's the money shop. But you realize no. And this is where I step in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, That's the artistic shot. Oh, yeah, well, like, last night we were talking about some Quentin Tarantino movies and the foot scenes, oh, specific foot scenes. Yeah. And Such a subtle use of feet yeah, in those films. But I do yeah. the same thing when I'm watching mainstream stuff now. I'll, I'll start being like, oh, that was a shitty hard cut they just did. <laughs> or they picked up, well, that was a shitty angle. Why'd they do that? And yeah, so now, like, in our position, our brains totally work like that all the time now. Yeah, and no, I, I use that as a source of inspiration because I see stuff like that and it, frustrates me because mm-hmm. I'm like man if we can only see that part in the movie like it would be so good and so it kind of gives me like ideas for the next time I'm going to do a shoot because mm-hmm. I'm like here's what I would want to see <laughs> now is there anything that you we were talking about this actually this just popped in my head because you said um like watching movies I would have been like hey that balloon just popped next to that girl's face but she looks scared that's not how mm-hmm. it's supposed to go you know she's mm-hmm. supposed to be happy or mm-hmm. you know but um no, uh, balloons are scary. They're oh, fucking I, dangerous. I believe I just you. did a shoot the other day, me and Kayla, and we walked out of that shoot with welts, bruises, scars. Oh, yeah, they will, they will pop hard <laughs> yeah. you hard. Our fingers started bleeding. It was like, what's going on? Yeah, balloons are brutal. <laughs> they are. It's dangerous. But the question is, has there been anything you've encountered on a shoot that has uh, interacted with a personal phobia where you're like, I don't know if I could do this? Well, the only shoot I ever straight up walked off set on um i mean there's been several that i've wanted to but i've kept my cool and kept my professionalism and just made it to the end and decided okay i'm just not I'm never gonna, back not going to contact this producer again but the only one i straight up walked off of and was sick to my stomach had to do with the person we were talking about earlier about the animal stuff oh okay the fellow who filmed the videos that she was in hired me oh wow total i totally did not realize that it was him the i didn't realize it was the same guy and i didn't realize well he hired me before that story hit the news so it was like the august before because mm-hmm. that hit the news in the spring it was like april of that year yeah if you recall the, the time period it was it was like april <laughs> the august oh, yeah. before that so it was the fetish con before that hit the news she had put me in contact with this gentleman, and I did not know that it was the same guy. I did not know the extent of the stuff that he did. Mm-hmm. I show up to this farm, and oh no, be, be, fucking a. <laughs> yeah, I show up to the farm. Now, granted, it was like a good two and a half hours south of Tampa, like in the sticks. Like this place. That's what was, I heard is yeah, yeah, hidden back in the sticks in a swamp, where from the road you would never know that any of this stuff is going on back there. Oh yeah, like, th- these animals were in like an animal prison camp, so oh, to say. Man. So I show up. What what kind of a shoot did you think that you were going for? Well, I was hired to do horse riding fetish, and he was excited to have me because of my horse riding experiences. I've been riding since I was like 
I don't know, eight or something. So when I looked at his, the previews on his website don't show abuse necessarily because Mm -hmm. like, you're not really going to have that on the front page, you know? Yeah. It, It was like nude and topless girls riding like bareback horses and you know there was sex appeal about it without it being too bestiality type so i was like oh i didn't do that i Mm -hmm. I didn't think anything of it Mm -hmm. i show up and he has one horse that is old and crippled should not be being ridden it hasn't had its hooves properly trimmed they were all long and like mangly and like like, I went to school for horse training and, like, nutrition and, like, stable management and stuff. So yeah. pulling into that place and, like, initially seeing what was standing in that little... Cor- I was like... Red flag. So, all right, let's see what this is all about. So I go in and we did... We did... um, And this was kind of cool because I'd never done this before. And I, I grew up around guns and my, my father is a hunter and stuff. So mm-hmm. the first clip that we did had to do with, like, almost, like, gun fetish. I was literally being filmed, like, shooting some targets over a pond, and all that was fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then, that's very common, too, yeah. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. the, and it had a little sexual appeal with it. Like, I was naked, and I was, like, rubbing the gun on myself. And, like, <laughs> all, all that was fine. I didn't shoot myself, so, so that, you, that, that went fine. So, but As then, long as you rubbed it on yourself, like, before you fired it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so that was all fun and whatever, but then the I'm next things, when mm-hmm. he showed me examples on his computer of, what length the horse riding stuff went to. Oh, no. Basically, it ends up being the woman is dominating the horse. Well, it, it, it gets to where, okay, you know when you put you put the bit in the horse's mouth? Yes. There's ways of riding and coming from a training background, like I know all this stuff, where you can ride a horse with a bit in its mouth without hurting it. Mm-hmm. You don't jerk on it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because then it just digs in, it cuts their lips and all this shit. Oh. So... To dominate these horses and ponies, he encourages the girls to on their face and like be all mean with the bit and spur them and whip them. Just like thumbed them to the horse and to the pony. And I was like, dude, I'm not okay with this. Mm -hmm. Like this, this is not what I do with my horses. No. Yeah, that's not cool. I'm like, this pony has a tumor under its belly. This old horse shouldn't be ridden and needs its hooves trimmed. I was like, just pay me for the gun scene. I'm leaving. And I left. And it was the same guy. Oh, wow. The same guy that had the girls doing the crush the 10 years before. Same guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You handled that. You handled that much cooler than I thought. You well, might. I was there by myself uh, with yeah. him. And his guns on the property. It was kind of like one of those things where I was like, "I'm just gonna leave. Just give me two hundred dollars, and yeah. I'm going to leave." Because he had me booked for the whole day. It was like a long, like it was like a gonna be like an eight hundred dollar day kind of day rate. And I was like, "Dude, just give me two hundred. I'm leaving." Mm-hmm. So, and then I called said model afterwards, and I said. I don't know how much you know about animal welfare, but that is not okay, and I don't appreciate you sending me there because she, like, recruited me to him. Mm-hmm. So that's Shit. that's my story about the only time I ever walked off a set in 10 years. And justifiably so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good Lord. Um... Well, shit. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a wrap. No, I'm kidding. Um, there's yeah, another... It would have been so much better if it was like, you know, like a, a sub and, and he wanted you to dom him. Oh, yeah. I would have put the pony. Yeah, I would have put, put the... the bit in a dude's mouth and, and whipped it's a, a dude con- around. It's a consenting uh, fucking adult. Exa- yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's somebody who knows what he's in for. Like, I mean, when like, you see these. Why does it have to be an actual horse? Why? There's well, this guy thing. obviously has something about. Like, oh. There's something in his psyche that. that you know, gets them off to watch actual animals get hurt. God damn. And to me, 
like I, you know, you're an animal activist. Um, I wouldn't call myself an activist, but I'm definitely very protective of, of animal rights and, and their welfare. Um, I could never, ever kill an animal. I got taken hunting when I was younger. I couldn't do it. Um, I just couldn't. I just couldn't do it. And my friends who try to defend hunting to me, I, I always go, like, let's not talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, this is not going to go anywhere. You're not going to convince me different. You know, in a world now where you can just go to a store and fucking buy meat, mm-hmm. and there's no reason unless you want to, you know, show off the size of your dick with how many fucking points an antler has mm-hmm. on your wall, um, or your sorry, the lack of size in your dick. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. so I don't get into that with my mm-hmm. friends. But like that, that I heard that that was happening, that, that that even existed, blew my mind, and it made me so fucking angry. I mean, we we were in, we were in Hawaii. When we heard about yes, it, we were because we were. I, could, I was getting very limited co- connection. I was getting tidbits of the story, mm-hmm. and we were very doubtful at first that it really was. Like this has got to be something. This I was in Los like Angeles that. when I heard. It's funny how we remember where mm-hmm. we were when we heard the. Yeah, it's like it the, was, that it was a shocking. big deal. Yeah. It's the 9/11 of the fetish world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Yeah. Bunny Bunny Gate. <laughs> never forget. <laughs> never forget. Never fur. No. Hashtag hair raising. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, yeah, and and I really wanted it to not be true. Oh yeah, me too. Because I liked this girl, and I and I had fun shooting with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, a producer that we're very close to was a. Um, he was called out because they made a, a news report about what had happened, and they showed clips that she did with this other producer. And so there was this whole big worry about, like, oh, God, like, now they're going to be focusing on this fetish and saying that, you know, this fetish is tied in with this other thing mm. that she did. Yeah, bad media. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. Fuck you, media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But, yeah, so that, like, when... The, I'll, I'll stick the landing on that by saying that it really pissed me the fuck off. And and I hearing this story, just... Mm. That's even worse, man. It's like, give me a fucking break. Like, there's... Of all the shit that's out there, like, this is... I don't get it. I don't mm-hmm. get it. And that is one of the ones that I think, like you said, certain fetishes where if someone tries to explain it to me, I will never be able to say, like, I'm cool with that. Um, I mean, even stuff like... We were talking to, to Sin Sage about, like, her do's and don'ts and a couple other models. And and, um, and there's, I, I love the, the, the do's and don'ts, but um, there's certain, certain things I used to not understand, but now I'm okay with. Like, people, like, into certain bodily fluids being expel them to other people I'm like I take your point of view where it's like if they're consenting adults Mm -hmm. let them do it you know no one's getting hurt I would never do that but and I'd never be in the room while that's happening because I'd probably like run out and blah but um hey save it (laughs) don't waste it (laughs) Senor are you feeling a little queasy well we got room three over there and the cameraman's ready (laughs) there's a bucket and everything it's fantastic um, but, um, so the other question I got, this actually relates to, to how far fetish can go mm-hmm. and you're okay with it. Uh, a guy named Bernard, B-A-R-N-A-R-D, Bernard. Bernard. Uh, <laughs> dear Cheyenne, how do you feel about doing necro? Is it comfortable or attractive to you or is it off-putting? Uh, uh, have you done it? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I, I've done a, a small handful of it, uh, most recently for... A guy whose company is called Rapsha House. Forgive me if I'm, maybe I'm not pronouncing that right. R-R-A-P-T-C-H-A. I believe is, um, I, I think he mostly <laughs> does niche, the nicheclips.com. Yeah. Nicheclips.com. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, real quick for you guys who don't know what Necro is, uh, I don't know who wouldn't, but um, I live in this world and you guys live in yours. Uh, it's basically 
uh, fantasy death fetish mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, did you do what did you do? Shooting strangulation. Um, he does a lot of strangulation. Um, he goes uh, outside of his home and does like a lot of. We'll go to like these really quiet little parks or nature reserves and kind of do like the kidnapping, the strangling in the mm-hmm. woods, kind of. Awesome. Um, yeah. So uh, to answer your question, Bernard, I've done a handful of that. Uh, most recently with that company, and I'm trying to remember who else in the past. I know there's a couple couple model producers that do it as well that I've done some of it for like strangling dying type stuff and uh it's not off-putting at all because I as long as um as long as the fans watching it aren't gonna go and try to do it for yeah. real then then I have absolutely no problem with it if you're just um playing it and and I think that's it's a perfectly safe role play if you don't take it too far Oh, yeah. I I, I feel like that's part of our role. Like, we're doing people a service because we're providing that need for it. And, I mean, with that fetish, so... um, that's a good we, question, we discussed by the way, it before, but yeah. Because funny enough, I was going to ask if you wanted to do a necro clip with me today, which mm. we'll have to wait for that. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, but, um, so backtracking with my story, um, I started doing necro clips from the get-go. Like, that was my first ever fetish video experience was doing really? necro. That's a different thing to get started with. It really is. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, I, I worked with this company that they were up in Toronto, and we had full-day shoots, and we were, like, shooting for, like, you know, a, a full week, and we had a whole cast with us, and it was, like, kind of being on, like, a low-budget, like, movie set because we had scripts, and I had dialogue to memorize, and you know, and there was characters and storylines, and it was pretty dynamic and fun. And then, you know, the the killing part to me, like, it never really seemed off-putting because, I mean, I'm I'm a very open-minded individual, and like, you know, I I, I have a, a niche clip store, and I see the different types of movies that are on there, and it's I mean, like, I didn't know this about you. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you kidding? <laughs> um, and. You know, there's something to be said for, like, you know, the power struggle and and things ending in that <laughs> demise. Um, there's something, like, beautiful about seeing, like, a, a woman, a very beautiful woman, like, writhing and, and being sexy and moaning and groaning before, like, her last breath. <laughs> there's something that's very glamorous about it and, and very stylized, which is the kind of stuff that I started doing in Toronto. And I, I carry that into the necro stuff that I do. Like, I don't do any uh, gore or blood or special effects that kind of keep it a little bit more on like the campy side mm-hmm. um, but still very like feminine and sexy mm-hmm. but I can appreciate it and I can I can see why it would be appealing mm-hmm. now I'm not into like if a girl dies and then she's getting fucked in every hole available <laughs> like alright that's that's taking it a little too far let me, just but... go to, let me go ahead and cancel that customer request for Jacqueline tomorrow <laughs> oh so that was you <laughs> But I, I, you know, to each his own, and I'm not <laughs> knocking anybody that does that because, mm-hmm. like, the companies that do that on niche clips, they do it very well. Mm-hmm. And, like, their sets, I mean, they, they have, like, you know, the, a whole morgue set. And I'm like, that's fucking impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, the lengths that they go to to make it seem like it's a realistic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, to each his own. I'm not. I'm not judging. Cause... Of course not. No, and like I said, that's another one of those things where I always go back to the consenting adult aspect mm-hmm. of it. Um, and for sure. And I do think that produce those videos maybe have done the opposite. I think they've they've de-stressed people's desires to to do that. But I also don't think people who look at at niche clips are people who want to kill. I think it's just they have this fantasy that they want to view something and have it fulfilled that way. Right. And I think people who want to kill are just going to go out and fucking kill. Yeah. There was no niche clips when Jack the Ripper was around. He didn't watch porn. He fucking went out and killed because he wanted to do it. Mm. Um, But like, if you've ever seen like some of the inspiration where this all comes from, it's everything that you would see in television and movies. And it's always like these beautiful women like, you know, getting shot and just like, just looking so gorgeous, like, you know, trapped in, in stillness. And Ita- like, Italian horror films in the 70s were all about men with black gloves stalking beautiful women in their fucking lingerie, mm-hmm. strangling them with, like, tight ropes. And, like, a, the Italians were not good at cutting away. They would do shots. I would have people send me reference clips and go, like, can you do a strangulation like this? And it would be, like, the girl would get strangled, tongue all the way out, and be just drool, like, falling out of like, in foam, and they would not cut away. And it was like a, this was a prop, like a, a Dario Argento film or something, and it's like this shot of the girl's face, and she's just doing the full strangulation, eyes bulging, all this shit coming out of her mouth, and they would, would not cut. And then a single tear. Yeah, and then you would see, like, imagine, what if some kid's, like, 12 years old or something, and sees that, and suddenly, like, click, that's what he's into. Mm-hmm. So it's not that he wants to kill you know, the, maybe he just thought the way she was dressed was sexy compared, you know, and at the same time, this was happening. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed a lot of people who tell me about their fetishes. There's two things from two different sides that just kind of collide. So it's like, this girl was wearing a really cute bikini, but also she kicked me in the nuts one day and uh, jokingly, but hit me for real. So now I have a mm-hmm. fucking ball-busting fetish uh, with cute girls in bikinis kicking mm-hmm. me in the nuts. And it's never that cut and dry, but... I understand it, and I think if you're watching these clips because you want to fulfill that fantasy and have a release, I think it's healthy, as opposed to you you sitting there in the corner thinking about it. For oh days no, and days and days. it's absolutely more healthy to explore it in a positive way. Um, and actually, you just reminded me of one of my more weird situations that made me uncomfortable. See, this is where podcast, this is where the podcast gets rolling. You just uh, reminded me of a couple of situations. So Please do I, tell. I have had more than one session client, and when you think of the stereotypical mommy in porn, like the women that get cast for the milf scenes, yeah, yeah. you know, it's generally someone who is bustier, curvier, and looks like a mommy. Um, I, I obviously have a different build, so it's a little strange to me that, I, that I've had more than one session client do this, but it's like they... Can I, can I interject a quick question? A sure. Question? Yep. Um, do you get, uh, once again, I keep bringing Sin Sage up because every time we podcast with her, she's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, she talked about working with you mm-hmm. and really enjoying working with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have um, a lot of fun. And she, uh, she loves the fact that you have small breasts. Yeah, um, she did she, a film with me one time that she directed for. Uh, she it was called Sin Sage's A Cup Beauties or yes, something. Yeah, yes. uh-huh. tell me about that. And she loves like when she heard that Jackie was getting, when she heard that Jackie had, had it done, she was like, no. But then she loves your your tits. So, oh yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but um, the uh, the question I'm totally deviating. But the question we I yeah, had now you got like, me thinking about Sin Sage talking about my boobs. <laughs> uh, she's like one of our dearest fucking pals. But like we did um. Uh, so my question was, do you get a lot of specialty customs because you're not, you know, triple D or... I don't know that, that my boobs get me any more or any less customs uh, compared to other other boobs, but... Because um, you have a very athletic I, build and it seems yeah. like there's less of that around. 
Mm. And so if like a guy goes like, I want to see a girl who just has a uh, beautiful small breasts, fit body. Mm. Can you get somebody like that? And be like, oh yeah, Cheyenne Jewel. Well, I definitely have the fan base who has told me over and over and over. Because I, I did kick around getting my boobs done for many, many years. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I kicked it around for most of my career. And it was sensei scream. <laughs> oh, no, she, she, yeah, no, she, she already <laughs> told me what she thought about that. So um, at this point, I'm going to say that I'm over it. And since I haven't done it, I'm not going to. Yeah. At this point, I see absolutely zero, zero point. Um, I'm happy with myself. I'm very happy with uh, kind of how my body's been shaping out with my my newest fitness routine. I'm really happy with that. Oh, I showed Jacqueline um, photos from yesterday. And he was like, holy shit. That's... Yeah, I, I, sw- I definitely switched up and have been like a little more focused on um, kind of more the bodybuilding aspect. I've, I've been, you know, targeting different muscle groups. And it's been really interesting to me to see, see the progress. You know, mm-hmm. it's always... Always cool when you and it makes you want to work out more when you're like, oh, this is actually no working. Shit. Okay, yep. you know, like you're happy with your progress. So um, this year I took a little different approach, and I don't think I really even care about fake boobs anymore. So uh, to answer your question, I don't know. Um, I if mean, it, I, it's I, a selling point. I, I'd imagine to the people who love small boobs or prefer natural in general, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that just like the athletic in general without the fake boobs being put on the athletic body. Uh, so I definitely have had the huge handful of fans over the years that have told me, don't do it, don't do it. That's something I like. You just said huge handful. <laughs> huge handful of fans <laughs> that like small boobs, I'm huge sure. Huge handful that um, like small boobs. Or they've just liked me for other reasons. Like they're not as much of a boob guy, but they're a butt guy or a leg guy or an athletic guy in general. Yeah. So they don't really care about boobs. That makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. All right, uh, but, I, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I remember before I had my surgery done and as just a little like consensus just for my own like curiosity I did ask some of my fans like what would they think if I if I went ahead and got my boobs done and a lot of them basically told me you know people like me for me and like no matter what I do to myself like as long as it's still me like Mm -hmm. they're still gonna you know appreciate me and and you know, go with whatever changes that I go through because it's still me. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I took that to heart because, like, if people were just, you know, so fixated on a particular look that I had, yeah. I couldn't break away from that. And a lot of girls will do that because it's like they have their trademark image, like mm-hmm. hair color or, like, their body type, and it's like they should stick to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, of course, you know, take that into consideration. But, I mean, that was, what, five years ago? Yeah, yeah. And, I like, when I look at myself then and to what I am now it's like I was a girl now I'm a woman (laughs) (laughs) Um, but to continue so a couple of these stories so the mommy fetish yes Um, I've never felt like I I quite fit into that genre Um, I don't ever plan on having human babies of my own I'm too can you give a couple of the uninformed fans uh, just a quick brush up on the mommy fetish oh okay so just um in general, you you like, I guess, seeing the, the mommy figure being... There, well, there's different things that go along with it because then it can also go into adult baby or diaper fetish or there's, you know, the different subgenres that can go along with the mommy mm-hmm. fetish. So uh, in general, it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not really comfortable, like, mm-hmm. because I don't ever see myself as that that mommy image or that MILF image, like I just don't see myself as that. Mm-hmm. And having never had a human child, I 
can't really relate. Yeah, and I can't. I'm trying to visualize you in that. <laughs> yeah, it's role. just not. It's not I don't think it's a genre that. And I've done a little bit of it. Like I've done POV, where you're, you know, the camera's like the guy, and you're changing his diaper. And you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually booked for for one of those when I get back to Vegas with a local producer, but. In general, I've had two that stand out, and I think there was a third where during our session, it was like something in the guy's mind clicked. He started calling me mommy, or I'm standing above him, like flexing or posing because what we were just doing was wrestling related or muscle worship related. Interesting. He's, he's on his knees looking up at me like I'm mommy. Wow. And I'm like, <laughs> like, no. Can we just go back to you calling me goddess? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about let's use mistress? Mistress? Yes. <laughs> mistress, yeah. Cheyenne is cool. Throw that yeah. one around. Yeah. Any yeah. one of those. Did you, did you have to break character in mid-session? Um, the one guy was actually just in Germany a couple weeks ago, and he, he was actually rather inappropriate during our session. I don't Damn really, it, Germany. I don't really care to, to see said gentleman again. Luckily, that was it was a short, like, kind of a mini, like, a 20, 30-minute session, so I just kind of put up with it and got done with it and left the room. Um, but that wasn't the session you were just discussing. This is something else? Um, the this is one, one of, yes. This, this gentleman was... Um, Saying mommy, and but he was also inappropriate in, oh, in a couple no. a couple other disrespectful ways during our session. So I, I'm not interested in seeing him again. Um, uh, and, but the other one made me uncomfortable in other ways, in the sense, and it was just a strange situation. We just didn't vibe very well when we got together for mm. our session. So it's just kind of like that. Mm, you yeah. Know, just, Do you know, know right off the bat when they walk in if you're gonna have like a good experience? I I, a lot of times, and uh, I've I, I tell people this sometimes is that like uh, girls that do a lot of sessions, it's almost like we get the sixth sense, mm-hmm. and you can tell it after a couple emails with someone. Sometimes you're like, okay, this per I have a really good gut feeling about this person, or I have a really bad gut feeling about this person. I don't think I'm gonna go through with this. Is it just? Um... Do you think it's like you're not on the same page or maybe they're intimidated by you? I'm trying to they... make notes so we can get back to <laughs> things, but go ahead. Go ahead. Um, a lot of it has to do with how they approach me first off. If you approach me in a very professional manner and your email is, you know, very well worded, good grammar, you're, you're, you know, you sound like an adult to an adult. You're not writing me these run on sentences. Oh, like a novel of a, oh, no periods. And I'm trying to like make out your, you know, like, are you drunk while you're writing this? Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, there's. Unless they're like from another country, then you can kind of make an excuse. Yeah. Oh, then. Trying then, to be yes, speaking English. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of times the foreign fans will even say, I'm really sorry about my English. Sorry about yeah, my English. Mm, yeah. Something like that. So I just, I have a gut feeling and if some Somebody's giving me a bad vibe, or I just don't like the way they approached me in their very first one or two emails, and I'm just kind of like, I don't think this is going to work out. Mm. So even before they they even get a chance to walk in the door? Oh, yeah, no, totally. Like, if I get any weird vibes, like, I'm like, if your references don't check out and say that you were a lot of fun, then I don't, this isn't going to work. That's right, and you can, yeah, you can do references. Always check references. Check references. Always. Um, I'm assuming that probably makes it tough for first-timers. It is, and once in a while, I will make an exception. Um, I will. Did they also, present their case really well. Or? Yeah, because I, like, like for example, I had a guy one time, and he's like, 
well, you're like the third girl that's told me I have to have a reference and I'm new, so what do I do? No. And I'm like, well... How do I get my foot in the door? <laughs> it's, kind of a, it's kind of a hard situation. How do I get um, my head in the scissors? <laughs> How can I be an intern if I don't have experience? Yeah, yeah. so I, I do feel bad for some of those fellows, and I do understand um, sometimes in that situation, uh, I have a couple good girlfriends and... In Vegas, like Tomiko or Dragon Lily, or Yay, you know, some of, yeah, some of those, some of those great wrestler girls. That I, still need to, I still need to work with Dragon Lily. Yeah. Oh, you should. She's mm-hmm. great. So we, we'll even, uh, if we have time, be like, hey, are you free at 3 p.m. on Thursday that you can, um, chap- what's chap- the word? Chaperone. chaperone. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. you? Would you come with me for this session and at least like, you know, wait? If the guy's like not like, no, she can't be in the room. Like, will you at least wait downstairs in the lobby and you know? So I at least have somebody there with me if something was to majorly go awry. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't hear from me by 4:05, you know. Yeah. That oh kind of yeah. Situation. I would do the. Like, I wouldn't wait even. For me. I wouldn't even go to the lobby. I would sit outside the door. Yeah. And I would say. Um, if this girl, yeah, if this girl doesn't text me by X amount of time, mm-hmm. then I I'm, I have a key. I'm going to come in and see what's going on. Mm. Um, I had one experience where a guy, I guess, got kind of checked in the face by the girl during a grappling session. Started bleeding all over her. Mm. And I didn't know that was happening. So I get the text and it's like, come in. So I come in and there's the girl covered in fucking blood. And I uh. almost threw this guy out the window because <laughs> I thought that he had done this to her. Uh-huh. And I was just like, what the fuck? And like the girl's like, no, I just I accidentally hit him, and he, he's bleeding heavily. Can you can you check on him? And suddenly it switched to like, oh shit, I should make sure he's okay. Mm-hmm. But I almost was like, oh, is he okay? Well, let's see if his car's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> like, I just that brought that memory back. I kind of mm. forgot that. But uh, but you were mentioning another another tale of woe. Was that the one that, that came to mind? Um, of the uncomfortable situations. Yeah, because we were talking. You said it triggered a couple of like memories where you were like, "Oh yeah, this." Oh yeah, just it was another mommy guy. The but, mommy thing. Yeah, but this fellow made me uncomfortable in other ways. Like he had some medical conditions, and like he could only session super late at night, like eleven p.m. And Ooh. it was just a, Is he mul- a vampire. Maybe <laughs> it was. It was just a multitude of. He's just a very strange. You fellow. You couldn't get him wet and after midnight. It, it was just almost like, what if some thing in the back of his mind because it was almost like I could tell his mother had abused him it it was some of the some of the verbiage and some of the just things he was saying was almost like mommy was a mean mommy kind of thing mommy dearest yeah it it was just making me very uncomfortable and I just wasn't Mm -hmm. interested in seeing him again yeah and yeah, and then that's your prerogative. <laughs> yeah. If you're not going to feel comfortable during your own session, then don't do it again. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Uh, it's not a knock to somebody who has that kind of uh, no history. No, it's I just don't think I'm the the session person for the mommy fetish people. It's just mm-hmm. not me. I and like I said once again, guys, no disrespect to, to your fetish because it's a thing that people can't control. But that is one that I saw a show on. It was on HBO. Uh, I saw it either with you or maybe with Photo Gnome, mm-hmm. where it was like, oh no, it was. Um, our friend Gary Pranzo was in one of these episodes. Of like, a, I think I saw where yeah. his stuff was in something. Yeah. And the one, the story oh, before it, it was strange this sex. strange sex. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. the story before it, or one of the stories before it, was uh, a grown woman who liked to be like do baby uh, role play. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the the guy was into her being like shaved smooth and like the, the relationship just felt very icky. Um, and I hate to use words like that, but it just made me feel like very uncomfortable mm-hmm. where it was like, 
he like, yeah, and I have this huge diaper, and I'll pee myself, and he'll have to clean me up and poop and stuff like that. And he's not really into that. He's more into bondage, but he also likes to see me like completely shaped smooth like a baby. So there's all these little words flying around that mm-hmm. I was like, oh, uh, oh, no, no, oh, jeez, no, I would never have coffee with these people, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, and my friend, uh, I don't want to out him or anything, but photo number was there as well, and he was just like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. And uh, and that was one of the things I didn't know was tied into the mommy part of it. Mm-hmm. It makes sense now, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, there was part of that that, like I said, I I understand where it could come from, but I would never want to be present while anything like that mm-hmm. was happening because it would just make me feel a little, little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had no idea. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> Gary's <laughs> like, talk about my fucking show. It was like, uh, his, his segment was great. Well, I guess I'll cancel that custom request. <laughs> 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 all right, so we have a, a couple of more questions. These are all really good, too. Thank you guys for, for asking great questions. I know a lot of you guys want to reply to him because of privacy, so I won't name names on these. Uh, we did the Necro one. Um, <laughs> this is actually pretty good. I'm trying to get the spelling of it. I think this guy's from Germany. Do you prefer to... I think he means dom. Do you prefer to dom or sub in certain fetish clips? Are there any that you like to dom or sub more in? I'm a true switch, and that's... Um, ding, ding. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> the switch club. Uh, <laughs> that's another reason that I never get bored, because... The three switches. That's every, every day is different. Mm-hmm. Um, switches of Eastwick. <laughs> It well obviously in mixed wrestling I enjoy dominating. Honey. So mixed wrestling is is always super fun uh, to dominate in. But then and I'm sure this this fan is asking because he's probably also seen me tied up being very submissive with. Well, we haven't done a lot of uh, talk about uh, bondage. You're right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if he's seen like some of my non wrestling kink.com work, um, is is in me in the definite opposite role of of femdom. So every day is different, and that's one reason I don't get bored with my job. I don't have a specific favorite per se. Um, but as far as like the the funnest to dominate in is like the ball busting or the mixed wrestling. Type yeah, because with the ball busting, there really is no switch there unless I mean you can do the the C busting or whatever. Yeah, which I've done with Sin. Mm-hmm. We 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 did a um, oh, I'm sure jock, jock strap on. <laughs> we, we were wearing these really retarded jock straps and like smacking each other with like the strings when you pull them out and they snap back. And, yeah, it was funny and like kicking each other in the crotch. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, is there anything you've experienced? You cunt, you just kicked me in the cunt. <laughs> you kicked me in the cunt, cunt. Have you, uh, uh volume five, have, um, have you ever encountered anything that kind of pushed your limits and you weren't expecting it to? Uh, in terms oh, of, yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. I'm assuming it, a lot of girls that have answered that question, it, it usually starts with, like, say, a bondage session or, um, or even a BDSM where they thought, like, yeah, I can handle this. And then suddenly it's like, oh, uh, bananas, apples, <laughs> Trump, whatever the fuck it's saying for it. <laughs> Well, my very first my very first BDSM experience um, was in two thousand early two thousand eight. It was for a company that does extremely hardcore BDSM mixed with sex, Mm. and my agent at the time, um, I I I don't actually um, I've never had an agent that did anything for my career. To be honest with you, it's always been me that's did everything for my career. So now was this an agent for just? Like porn? Like a porn agent, yeah. So this particular company was in New York at the time. The agent was out of New Jersey. I was still living in Ohio. So, like, I flew to Jersey. The agent would, like, pick me up at the airport, and then he would take me around to, like, at the time, there was a good handful of New York and New Jersey porn producers, and I don't think they're all there anymore. 
Um, so he takes me to this BDSM shoot, and all he really tells me is that it's bondage. He doesn't tell me that I'm going to get my f- soles and my feet caned or, like, anything. Like, I was, like, 22 years old, like, just being thrown into this first BDSM experience. Shit. Like, no one told me, like, any psychology behind it or, like, anything. So I get there, and I'm tied up, and I'm like, oh, okay. And the dude just starts wailing on me with all these different things, and I'm like, my agent did not tell me about all these <sighs> this and that and this whip and the flogger and this implement, and, like, I <laughs> just was, like, so pissed. Now, did you, that, I'm assuming you probably didn't break character? I went through with the shoot, but the, the <clears> guy <throat> could tell that I obviously hadn't been properly explained. Briefed. Or, yeah, so... Uh, he ended up switching a few things um, different than what they originally thought they were going to do with me that day to make it a little more mild. Oh, that's nice of him. They ended up turning it more into a forced orgasm shoot and just Hitachi'd me the whole time until my crotch was numb. So that wasn't all that fun either. But that was my first experience. It wasn't that great, and I didn't actually start enjoying it until several years later when I'd worked for a few other companies that had like properly explained Things yeah, work. especially if the psychology behind some of it. I, just, like, I, had this, I, had this, I had this vision of like them just caning your feet and you just literally saying what you just said. Like, my agent didn't inform me. Yeah, <laughs> while screaming and crying. <laughs> yeah, my agent didn't tell me to get out of it. Yeah, so now after learning things properly and like especially certain directors that work for some of the bigger companies like Kink, like actually taking the time. You know, yeah, and they have the facilities, yeah. they have the time, they have the experts, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that makes a lot of sense. But when it comes to that particular, because I, I don't, I never really watch Bondage or BDSM, so I'm always curious about it because it's like, do you prefer being a switch um, when it comes to those kinds of scenarios, being the dom or being more of the bottom or like... Um, I only enjoy bottoming now with select people who... I've worked with many, many times that I'm comfortable with. That you like, trust, yeah. That I really trust, that I'm really comfortable with. Um, I'm, I'm not interested in just being dommed by just anybody because I do feel like I have to have a connection, especially with uh, like a male top. I, I have to at least have a connection with them to to let to open up to let them push my limits and rightfully so. Yeah, exactly. No, we yeah. we just uh, like Jacqueline and I have been, you know, kind of. Um, I guess experiencing a little bit of that with, with different people mm-hmm. and they're, they're, I never really thought of it until I was in that situation that you do have to have a connection emotionally mm-hmm. with the person who's either uh, you know doming you or vice versa and I, mm-hmm. I totally understand uh, now when it comes to you working with somebody let's say if you had to do a BDSM session with a girl that you never met do you just try to like get to know her first a little bit or like with women <clears throat> if it's a, a female topping me I'm more open to women in general or, or at least I used to be I've had a couple bad experiences uh, let's say in the last couple years where um, certain women in the in the industry that let's say the ones that are always dumb the ones that all that's all always their persona on clips for sale and always on Twitter and always this sometimes maybe they're used to beating on men all the time and then when yeah. they top a woman they don't think to tone it down because oh well she's only 5'5 five five. I can't beat on her as hard as the 200 pound guy I just beat on so I have had a couple bad experiences with some some industry uh, co-workers if you may or whatever you want to say that where 
said woman didn't tone it down and kind of trampled me a little too hard and, and mm. pissed me off and you know or something like that where they just they weren't all that safe about it it was like well this is my persona and I always have to do this you know kind and of one of those yeah and, I, and it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way where it's mm. like look dude like but that's that's actually that's a good topic to explore especially with someone who's switched and you've done a lot of dom scenarios where you're the dom mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming with the grappling and the session work you do a lot of stuff where you're the dominant persona in, mm-hmm. that, in that clip or in the session there is a line there once again to it's things that I'm trying to compute and understand and I, one of the reasons this podcast is so dear to me now is that I am starting to get a lot of stuff that I didn't get because people like you come on and explain it mm-hmm. but one of the things that that I don't quite get yet is people uh, who are doms. Not a lot of guys I've seen do this because most of the male doms that I've met and, and seen online, they just kind of keep it straight to video. They don't, they don't go on Twitter and kind of blast their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But there's some female doms that, like you said, they don't know kind of how to switch that off. Mm-hmm. And so when they go on Twitter, when they go on Tumblr, whatever, and it's just this constant flow of like, worship me, love me, fucking this, this, and that. And I understand that some of it... Is, Part of it is you're trying to promote your, your brand. Mm. But when you meet them in real life, for example, I had an experience at FedCon where I walked up to a friend of mine who was sitting there um, and I gave her a hug from behind, like you do with mm. friends. And her friend who was next to her was a dom and fucking went off on me. Like, you don't touch this woman. You don't fucking do this. You don't. And I was like, whoa, I know this girl. And she just went off on me and I just kind of looked down at the girl and I was like, you know what? Let's talk later because I'm not going to get into this right mm-hmm. now so I walked away and later on my friend brought the girl over and made her kind of apologize mm-hmm. just like I'm sorry I didn't know you know but it was someone who just was on the whole time mm-hmm. and so <laughs> how do I put this without sounding like a dick because it's the, the, the sound like a dick it's okay this is your podcast it's your podcast <laughs> <laughs> I gotta switch to a like a, a dickish brogue it's like alright bro um, no, uh, but like the whole financial domination thing is, yeah. is, is a thing that I've had people try to explain to me. Um, and some of the things that they've told me make sense. Some things I can't compute. And I was going to – so my side of it is like uh, I was telling one of our producer friends about it. And I said, you know, here's the thing that bothers me about the financial domination thing. Is like if some of these guys really get off on giving all their money to these girls – what if they have a wife? What if they have a kid? What mm. if the kid has a college fund? Mm-hmm. What if money starts coming out of that? What if money that's that could be going That's where I draw to... the line. And, and how yeah. do you know where to draw the line mm. when you're doing that? And my friend, in turn, said, like, well, Sinead, what if someone's secretly buying your videotapes? Your, your videotapes. What is this, 1990? <laughs> um, <laughs> your beta max. Uh, you know, he said, um, uh, what about people who, like, buy your clips? And, and, and they don't tell their wives. They don't tell their kids. I'm like... I don't think eleven ninety nine for a clip is wiping the college fund. Yeah. You know, but when you have women going like, buy me these new Manolos, they're only three thousand yeah. dollars, piggies, and I'm just like, come or on. Or let me take your credit card and go on a shopping spree. Yeah. yeah. Although bring the guys with them, dress them as pigs, and take them to like a fucking <laughs> store, and I, I just like, and I go like, I understand that you're trying to feed the fetish, but there's a part of me that is a little thrown by. How much of this is you feeding a fetish, and how much of this like ooh free money, mm-hmm. no matter and and free money without any care as to who it's affecting. Mm-hmm. And so I was gonna, I know, like I said, you you've dealt with a lot of doms that do this, and you've also done dom work. Mm-hmm. But do you have a any sort of insight on that? Because I got, I really like to have my mind changed, or, <laughs> you know, by the truth. But uh, financial domination has never been one of my top categories, and to be honest, it's because I'm not good at it. I'm not good. I was never a good hustler. When I worked in strip clubs uh, regularly, 
uh, like as a house dancer, as I call them. Yeah. I used to joke that I'm the worst stripper on the face of the planet <laughs> because I don't feed into trying to force people to give me anything. I come from a pretty hardworking, you know, middle-class family, and my parents always taught me you have to work for what you want, and you know, that kind of stuff, so. I'm the I, same way. <laughs> yeah, I, it was never, like even walking up to approach a guy at a table at a strip club for a dance, I was never good at hustling. I'm just too down to earth. I just had to sit down with them, have a beer. We would talk for a half an hour or whatever, even longer if it you know, was a boring, slow night. And maybe they probably enjoyed that more than the Oh, dance. yeah. No, I would have guys pay me just to talk. Mm-hmm. Or they'd pay. That, I'll never forget this guy. For some reason, it stands out in my mind. Him and his friend were from Boston. They came in this club in Vegas. His friend automatically got swooped up to go in a back VIP room for like a half an hour. His friend's sitting there by himself, and he's like... I'm going to give you this $100 just to sit here till my friend comes back because I don't want all these girls that are circling around me like yeah. sharks to bother me right now. Just sit here. Yeah, just just $100 bill. Just to sit there and fill this this spot so that nobody came and bothered this guy and just talk to him until his friend came back. Okay. So I actually got paid. I would have been like, you have, to make, you have to make cat hissing noises when a girl gets close to you? Yeah, so whatever. <laughs> chase him, flex at him and chase him away. I don't know what I was supposed to do. But yeah, I had so many situations like that because I was... I was really bad at hustling. I just don't hustle people. It's not in my nature. Yeah. You want to feel like you've earned your money. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. just so do you taking feel like, advantage. So if someone came to you and said, like, well, you know, um, financial domination being what it is, uh, you know, what defenses would you put you know, for it, for, the, for it being in existence, and, and is there anything about it that you would criticize? Because I, I started off being very just critical of it, mm-hmm. and then a lot of girls that I knew that did it would just be like, if they just want to give their fucking money away, you know, then then why shouldn't I have it? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's true. But then again, like once again, my side of it is like, where's this money coming from? Yeah, it's lo- just some lonely guy who's just giving his money away and he has a lot to spare. I understand. That. Yeah. But well, mm-hmm. I'm with you where I draw the line on when you're actually stealing food from their children's mouths or something like that. Then mm-hmm. that's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. But how can you It's like an addiction. Yeah, or you it's hard it's to you don't know. I I mean, I mean, I guess a lot of these guys probably don't don't tell said fin findom that mm-hmm. that they're, you know, taking Is it findom or findom? Fin. Uh, just short for financial. Fin. I know, that's why I go like financial <laughs> and I'm like findom and it's, it's findom. Okay. It's usually spelled F I N, so I've just always said fin, but maybe Learn I'm something. wrong. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't care. But no, okay. So, but if someone like because like I said, I've had, I feel bad criticizing because I feel like there's an aspect of that I'm just not understanding yet, and that would make it better in my head. I think um, because we, we come from a very different place, and we also love and appreciate our fans, and, and we don't want to abuse that. Um, because I, I know for me, like, I realize I would not be anywhere without my fans, mm-hmm. and like, I never want to take advantage of them that way. Like, I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm, still in in amazement that people still buy this stuff Mm -hmm. i'm just i'm just so grateful of that and it's like for me to just be like you know fuck you pay me to them it's just like no it's like i appreciate your fetishes because you're keeping me alive and and to these guys that they're and the thing is i say well what's the payoff there's no payoff you're not doing anything you're just saying fuck you pay me and you get paid um which works if you're a good fella but not so much if you're, you know, if you're trying to go like, well, what's the value of what you're putting out there? But the response to that is like, well, what they get out of it is is the act of 
giving up that money. Yeah, the the thing that I've noticed about it or the way I equate it, I guess, to answer your main question of it is just that some of these guys just like the straight up being used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's other ways to do that. Yeah. But then again, like I said, if you have someone who's like a CEO, never got married, he's got fucking millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. and he wants to shower it over the girls that he loves, Mm -hmm. and he wants to feel used, I'm like A-OK. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. So that's okay. So let me reformat my stance on FinDom. It's, it's, as long as that's the situation and Mm -hmm. you're not taking food out of kids' mouths Mm -hmm. or out of wives' pockets that, you know, for rent or whatever, mm-hmm. like, then then have at it. But I just wanted to hear your side of it because it was always something that kind of plagued me for a while and I didn't want to be a dick and, like, criticize it and have my friends who do it go, like, well, you just don't understand. Yeah, that's my take on it, and I've just, it's never been a top genre for me, although I've dabbled in it here and there with certain individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, and I wouldn't I wouldn't associate gifting with that either. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I don't... I mean, a gift. A gift is a gift, yeah. but if if it's if you're into financial domination, you're you're more into like the here's my here's my credit card kind of thing. Yeah, well, sometimes the black that goes into the blackmail fetish too, which is oh, similar with the findom, which is another one that isn't a big genre for me. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not. I've had people ask me over the years, and I'm I'm like I'm not really comfortable with you know this blackmail stuff can probably turn into legal problems yeah. if you do it wrong. So, no, I'm not interested in doing any of that. My biggest... <laughs> and so, okay, so I feel like, okay, I've reshaped that a bit more. Okay, that makes a little more sense, and I think I could draw that line. I will say this, that the girls that do find Dom or find Dom or whatever, um, uh, just for me and for my, my peace of mind, please stop posting pictures of you holding like a stack of 20s with your location services on because that's a bad idea some people need to really turn their gps off when they're on social media that is not safe no or when you post that you're at a restaurant at the exact second you're at the restaurant sometimes i'll post a picture of my meal after i leave leave. or when i'm paying and i'm about to walk out the door i don't do it when i first sit down at a restaurant it's just not safe yes I do that. The only time I've done that is if I'm posting it in my, just the friends. Mm-hmm. Like anybody who's going to show up is going to be somebody that I'll be like, hey man, long time. It's not going to be the somebody with a knife, you know, yeah. and a picture of Jacqueline like, hey, yeah. you're in my way. No, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> private about when I'm out in public for those reasons. Um, sometimes I'll post uh, live Snapchats from a concert while I'm at the concert watching a specific band that I want to like show. That. Yeah. But I don't, like, the hour before I'm headed to the concert club, I'm not like, oh, hey, guys, I'm going to be here. Come up and say hi or buy me a drink. Like, I don't, you know, I'm out trying to just be... Hashtag piggies. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm out out trying to be me. And if a fan randomly recognizes me, by all means, guys, like, I'm not trying to sound like a bitch. You you can totally approach me and say, you know, but just, just... Think about the way you do it. Please, please don't be embarrassing. Please don't be like, don't yell, hey, Cheyenne from across the room. Like, approach me like a normal person with a normal tone. And I'm, I'm more than happy to, you know. So has, has that ever happened? Has a fan, like, um, spotted you on the street? And... Not on the street per se, but I, I had an interesting situation a couple winters ago where I remember it being a really cold day in Vegas and <clears> I had on my Ultimate Surrender hoodie. I think it was actually sick. I think I was at the store to buy like chicken noodle soup. Um, I had my hoodie like up over my head because I looked like death and I was just kind of pushing through like with my head down like this. And I saw a guy walk with a woman who I'm assuming was his wife and they were walking the opposite way down the aisle from me. And I just barely made eye contact with him from under my hood because I think I noticed he was kind of being a little like, and I'm like, why is that guy being so weird? So I kind of looked and as soon as I walked past him, 
and he read the back of my hoodie or maybe he saw I think it said ultimate surrender on like the front pocket or something too he's behind me while the woman is looking at the surreal or whatever he's standing behind her like <gasps> so I kind of equated it more to he recognized the ultimate surrender symbol maybe yeah. he was a fan of the site more than he actually knew who was in the hoodie mm -hmm. because I looked like death no makeup on had the hood pulled down so I think it was just more that he knew what ultimate surrender was that yeah, he just really knew what your ass looked like oh like, or yeah <laughs> yeah um, but I've never had anybody straight up walk up to me in public and be like oh I know who you are um, we've had one, like in terms of like going to cons and stuff like that. That's mm -hmm. different because yeah, so, oh, oh yeah, well God. they they know we're gonna be at those. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, we had we had a guy at, a, at an airport who was uh, we had just gotten back from a really long flight and we were just tired and waiting for the cab or to pick us up um, or our, our ride. And there's this guy like sitting behind me uh, outside and he's just staring at me. And just staring at Jackie and looking back and forth at us with this little half grin on his face, like he knew like the answer to a question that we didn't know or a joke, <laughs> and he just had this kind of like yeah, nodding up and down, like yeah, and it was and, a little strange. And, and Jack, like, I, I, go, I noticed remember? him, you noticed. Yeah, we noticed him, and I and it was an uncomfortably long time because my ride was like stuck in traffic, so he just sat there and kind of stared at us for like 10, 15 minutes straight, and finally I was just like, I guess I should ask this dude what's going on, and then my brother came in, picked us up or whatever. Um, and then, like, I think later on that night, I get an email, and it's like, hey, I saw you in, in Jacqueline Velvet's at the airport earlier. I, I was so nervous, though, I couldn't say anything. Mm. I was just like, instead, you just stared at us for 15 <laughs> yeah, minutes. With that this, was more awkward than... With this, I, might, <laughs> I may or may not stab you grin on your face. Um, and, uh, and, and I told him, I was just like, just next time, just fucking... Next I mean, time. I don't know if there's going to be a next time. And I was like, if you see us, like, fucking just walk up and yeah. say... Hey, uh, are you so and so and so and so? You are. I'm a huge fan of your work. It's not very hard to do. Yeah, yeah, that's a, like the best way to approach um, a, a person in our position. I would say is just don't don't be super awkward about it. Just walk up and just say it like you know, all all nice and normal, no, normal tone. And mm -hmm. <laughs> a, a perfect example of that. And this one was more mind blowing. I was born in Colombia in South America. I hadn't been back since I was two years old. Mm. So oh, I, this is good. I took Jacqueline to Medellin where I was born, which is like the ex like Pablo Escobar like drug capital mm. now it's you know safe kind of polluted but still a beautiful city and uh, we went to this massive mall that they had there my aunt and uncle thought it was like you gotta see this mall it's huge the fucking ceiling comes off they have a pool you know it's like alright let's go so we go there and uh, there's a guy working behind like a cubicle at a um, a cell phone like a cell phone not a cubicle but like a stand like a cell phone stand and he like a I don't know Metro PCS and he walks up to us he's got a shirt on the badge and he comes up and he goes are you is your name are you, is your name Santiago? And I go, and at first, and like, here's the thing. I have a biological father in Colombia that I never met. Oh. So for a split second, I was like, okay, no, that can't be him. He doesn't look anything like me. Maybe he's a cousin. I don't know. You know, like maybe he just wrecked. And he just goes you like. You have a lot of cousins. Yeah, I do have a lot of cousins. Like we multiply like roaches. That's just mm -hmm. how it is. And fucking, he's just like, are you Santiago? And I'm like, I'm in the middle of Medellin, Colombia. Never been here for my entire life. And this guy just walks up and he knows my first name. So my brain is going like, oh, God, what the fuck do I say? And I go, yeah, it's, that's my name. Is that, is that Jacqueline? And I go, fucker. <laughs> I'm like, you're either the best guesser in the world or you're going to kill me. And he just mm -hmm. goes like, I'm such a huge fan of your work and, and it's Spanish. And he's just like, I just really love your work. I have a foot fetish thing, I, I, but also like sleepy. I love wrestling and, and I'm a huge fan. I'm, what the fuck are you two doing here? That was his like, what are you two doing in the middle of Columbia in front of my fucking, you know, stand? And I just go like, oh, I, I, 
first time visiting, you know, family here. This is my, I introduced Jackie. I go, Jackie, Jackie's like, is that someone you know? And I'm like, he's a fan. Jackie's like, what? No way. And the thing is, if you introduce yourself as a fan of my work, like I, I can be such an egotist sometimes that I'll treat you like royalty. I'll be like, dude, you like my work? What do you like? What's your favorite video? You know, like, uh, yeah. let me buy you a cup of coffee, you yeah. know? Yeah. And he was very sweet. He he asked for a photo. We took a photo with him. Meanwhile, my aunt and uncle are kind of like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. So all my, I had, my aunt and uncle, my mom and dad are sitting there going like, why are these? Why is this random guy asking to take a picture with Jacqueline and Santiago? <laughs> and my aunt and uncle are like, what, is your, what does he do for a living again? And my mom's like, you know, things. Uh, but anyway. We're kind of a big deal. <laughs> That's all you need to know. But anyway, so to take away from that story is to just, yeah, if you're going to approach Cheyenne on the street, you know, do it. Do it uh, respectful. Yes. And don't, you know. And you won't get kicked in the face. <laughs> Just be nice. Like, I saw you do this one necro video. Yeah, no, let's, let's not talk about fists in the ass in public. <laughs> we just, we'll just be normal. Um, but I have had more than one incident in airports where... Oh, nice. People have kind of given me kind of a side eye, like a could that be kind of look. And mm-hmm. we may be like made eye contact for a second and passing like while running to a mm-hmm. plane or something. So yeah. I've had incidents like that where I've wondered if I've been recognized. Uh, do, do you dress a certain way when you're not like, cause I noticed, for example, I mean, I'm not going to take pictures or anything, but like right now you were wearing the coolest onesie <laughs> I don't know I've ever it's seen. The coolest. It's, it's <laughs> a pink onesie with little uh, skulls on it. They're that... like, um, cat, cat skulls, uh, regular <laughs> skulls. And I just think these are like, there's like some kitties. I think. Ooh, kitty skulls. Maybe they're just skull heads. I don't know. But I just thought they were it's cats. It's whatever you want it to yeah. be. <laughs> but when you like, so not to dispel any fantasies, but you know, when Cheyenne's here and she's not shooting, she's wearing sweatpants, she's just mm-hmm. wearing a sweatshirt, you know, it's like chill out kind of clothing. So when Always. you're traveling around like an airport, you're not like dressed at the nice. No, no. I, I am a straight up tomboy. I mm-hmm. am all about comfort and convenience in my old 32 years old now. I <laughs> I do not dress You're up. You're a baby. Unless I'm being paid to dress up or I actually want to, which is very rare. Like I'm going to like a fancy dinner or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but even then you're getting that recognition of like, that could be Cheyenne. Well, I might yeah. actually put on makeup in public if I'm going to a, a nice dinner. But if I'm running through the airport, I usually look like death. I probably haven't been to bed yet. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jacqueline always gives me shit because I, I show up wearing flip flops and sweatpants. Mm-hmm. And Jacqueline's like, oh, come on, honey. Because she wears, like, she goes to the airport, she's got jeans on, a little sweater, she looks all cute, and I'm just like this it's, fucking it's schlub. comfy casual. <laughs> like, let's meet in the middle right here. I do like, the, I don't want to have to untie my shoes when I go through security. Oh, yeah, no. So I'm just like, uh, flip-flops, boom, in the yeah. bin, put them back on, you know. And I understand that that's not very hygienic, but whatever, I'm still alive. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> let's move on. So there's another... Uh, question here. There's one I was actually going to approach you with anyway, and this guy phrased it pretty well. Um, we'll do the one that's the least important, and then we'll, we'll end on the one that I think is the biggest, uh, the one that always ends up being the, the most fun to, to reply. Okay. Uh, do you prefer doing grappling or staged wrestling? If so, if so. Pros and cons of both. Okay, I see what he means. So in terms of the wrestling stuff, the wrestling mm-hmm. fans, you do a lot of grappling, mm-hmm. but you also do a lot of staged. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you like? What do you dislike about both? My favorite mm-hmm. genre of all the different kind of wrestling subgenres in, in our world is definitely more the competitive. It's um, kind of my, my bread and butter and, and the reason why I actually take real grappling classes out, you know, outside on my own time mm-hmm. um, is I do enjoy the, the legit grappling the most personally. 
Um, but again, every day being different and never getting bored, I also love to do stage stuff too because I don't get to do it as often. And when I get to like come down here and work with you or work with Rick, is like some of the few times that I actually get to to do certain moves. So it's you know really really cool because you guys have the proper setups for that yeah. type of stuff. So. No, totally, totally. And, um, uh, oh, pros and cons of both. So. Yeah. So cons of either is easily getting hurt, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, the competitive stuff can, can easily go, you know, you don't tap fast enough and you get your arm hyperextended in an arm bar or something like that. Um, you, you do a pro style move wrong and you're probably going to get hurt. So it's like uh, being hurt being the worst things and of course you never want that stuff to happen. Um, pros being... Well, first of all, you can get a good workout doing either of them. They're both a great workout, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sore from, you know, just a couple lifts and posting off of things that I did yesterday. I'm a little sore. Uh, just more because I don't use those muscles as much, yeah. like, as repetitive for those type of moves. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, pros being each is different and fun in its own way. And cons being you can easily get hurt in either one. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so this is one of the ones that's the, kind of the core to a lot of the models that we have to visit because I think it really connects with the fans. But um, we heard about Cheyenne's kind of like, uh, I guess, the genesis of your, your intro to the world of fetish and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And you've done a lot of stuff that's under the sun. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your own fetishes, if any, and have you explored them in your videos? Uh, the if any I think is interesting because this guy has actually been listening to our podcast for a while and there's some girls who have claimed that they don't have any, mm. um, which I think is very interesting between the genders because mm -hmm. I, I find that more, most girls say that, like, that, that it, oh, I don't have a fetish, uh, where guys will be like, I like schoolgirls hula hooping in July, you know? <laughs> I so, knew it. <laughs> is there anything that just, like, has ever developed as you grew up that you're comfortable talking about or... Well, the weird thing about me getting into this business is that I, because I've pondered on this many times over the years personally, where I've been like, well, that was weird that I got into all this because growing up, there was nothing that stands out in my mind uh -huh. that has been a legit trigger. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier about how I got into it is that I kind of fell into it on accident, just more of just answering that ad in the back of that entertainment paper was just more like I was just looking for a gig to make some extra money. It was never something, 10 years ago, I didn't think I'd be sitting here telling you this story mm -hmm. because I didn't intend on doing this full time. It just kind of happened because I guess I was good at it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, it's just that I'm shocked to have even made a career out of this because there was nothing at the beginning that really triggered anything. Mm -hmm. There wasn't like a, I didn't ever notice feet before getting into foot fetish. I didn't ever even know there was a wrestling fetish world. I, I didn't, you know, I guess as, as a teenager, I just had, I guess what would be considered vanilla sex. Mm -hmm. Didn't really think anything of it. Just, you know. Which is common. Like <laughs> a lot of, there's some porn stars I've met where that's what they prefer. Mm -hmm. Because when they all they do is is do the shit that's not vanilla, yeah, they're and then crazy. they come home and they're like, "Can yeah. we just have missionary sex and <laughs> watch some TV?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say I've developed uh, liking certain things more and more and more through the industry. And that was having, the second question. Yes, I was ask, yeah. having um, one thing that I like about all the different stuff that I've done, and including the mainstream porn industry, is that it has given me a safe environment. Although, you know, you always have your naysayers saying, oh, well, that's not safe because you have sex <laughs> with strangers. But no, like I have a, a, a safe environment 
um, on most sets to go to where, you know, I can be myself and explore and, and try new things. And if something hurts, you know, we don't have to do it again or whatever. And it's just, I just feel a more professional, safe environment to explore. Mm-hmm. Now, is there anything that has stuck with you more than, than others? Like something where you've developed it? And like I said, fetishes can be developed at any point, but mm-hmm. usually when we talk about them, it's stuff that happened when you were young and mm-hmm. something clicked the right way. We were talking about ball busting earlier in that respect. Mm-hmm. But is there, like, I've had girls who have told me, I think it was Tracy Jordan who doesn't mind me talking about it, but she's like, I didn't know that I love the fucking feel of um, uh, spandex mm-hmm. until she was wearing like full body suits as Batgirl. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, oh my God, this feels fucking great. Um, oh, we have a door. Is that something? Who, who wants to get that? I'll get it. <laughs> um, I think that would be your man. Probably. He didn't understand the we left leave the door unlocked for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. We can, we can keep talking. But yeah, like so she was talking about how she really liked the feel of <clears throat> spandex. There's another girl that I know that um, didn't really have fetishes until she started doing pro wrestling role play mm-hmm. and now like she has a thing for wearing the tights the spandex the thongs the knee pads the elbow pads mm-hmm. and wrestling like she actually likes it and so when she talks to me about it all the time and I'm so proud of her because I'm like fuck it you discovered this like when you were like 29 and getting into it she's mm-hmm. like yeah so is there anything that's kind of stuck to you? Like, um, I've done a fair amount of spanking fetish uh-huh. where I've been the top and or the bottom and I, I do, I've learned to enjoy that. It, I didn't used to like the whole being being hit or struck or spanked thing, which kind of stemmed off of that first bad experience in yeah. 2008 with that first experience. But as I was exposed to it properly by other companies and other people, I actually started liking being spanked and, and even spanking other people. So I enjoy... Yeah, if it's done right. Yeah, and, if it's and done right. And the chemistry right. is there. Mm-hmm. It can be a very... Yeah, it's a lot of fun, right? Just open-handed spanking or is it... Um, open-handed or even um, using like a leather Floggers strap or... Stra- yeah. um, and I, I did start learning to enjoy pain and, and like learning the, the fun ways to enjoy pain. Well, there's definitely an art form to it. Like you yeah, just, you have like, to know what you're doing. You whale on somebody. Yeah, you have yeah. to like build. Mm-hmm. You know, it... A proper warm up is yes. always good. <laughs> a proper, yeah. Okay, good. Well, shit. Well, yeah, and that's that was the, the the kind of the core of that question. Is there anything that just kind of you picked up that you would never have had if you hadn't gotten to this business? Probably spanking, <clears throat> and I, I can't even say that that came from my childhood because I wasn't necessarily spanked as a kid. I mean, my my grandfather had this crazy long belt. <laughs> but this wasn't even spanking necessarily, but if we did something bad as a kid, we I remember this because I would go and I would run around the corner, and as I'm running laughing at my grandpa saying he can't catch me or whatever, he had this way of this, this crazy long belt would wrap around the corner and still get me. It had like this crazy reach on it. But I mean, that was even only a couple times. So I can't even say that it, that was just my you, like gra- open my the grandma. door to a closet. It's like, whoosh. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You're going to get the belt. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, my, my mom and dad did not spank me as a child. So I can't even say that it came from my And childhood. my parents did. And I, Fucking hated it. Yeah, <laughs> and well, it never never triggered anything. Yeah, in me in that case. Like I recently started getting like I I, I don't consider myself to be a bottom at all. Um, uh, but we were at a couple of parties where I got flogged, and the person who was doing it knew what they were doing, mm-hmm. knew how to build up, and I fucking loved it. I thought it was mm-hmm. this huge release uh, emotionally, mm-hmm. and I was like never expected to like it. I thought I was gonna be like, oh, that's a nice oh ow 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 stop, mm-hmm. you know. And instead, you know, because before that, a girl had caned me who didn't know what she was doing, mm-hmm. so all she did was like. Fuck it, fuck it. Mm. And I was just like, tap, 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 tap. I hate but, this. 
and that's for my friend uh, uh, Cole Chase, who she did it because she 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 it was wasn't my it wasn't her fault. I told her that she could. It's like go ahead, have at it. She was like, all right, can I? Wap wap wap, and that sucked. And this is how we learn. This is how we learn. Um, but to wrap up, um, there's uh, is there there's something that we kind of sparked my uh, memory when we were talking because like one of the things that one experience I remember the most with just hanging out with you is we were all sitting by a fire at one point. We were all exchanging the craziest stories we've ever we've ever heard in terms of like not just necessarily yourself, but something you heard in the industry or something you someone else went through that just stuck with you. And I was gonna see if you didn't mind telling something that just you know has always stuck with you. We all have those things that we've seen or experienced where it's like I'm gonna file this away for later use because it's a damn good fucking anecdote. Mm-hmm. Um, and we told a few around the fire, and I. Struggling, you had some really good ones. I can't remember what I was telling you that night. Now. So the, I remember, I remember the core of it was like we had one girl who talked about she did a session with the guy, and uh, she, my friend, my friend Photonum was outside the hotel. He was a chaperone, and it was like an hour session, but like ten minutes in, she texted him and it's like something like, oh, "I stapled the guy's dick to his uh, to his to his body, and he threw up. Lame, <laughs> you know." And I was just like, "What did you expect was gonna happen?" Um, uh, I, I, my, my brain, like, if I told this song, uh, story wrong, uh, photo now, I'm sorry, but um, I think it was Staples. Yeah. Uh, if it was something else, like nail it to the. Uh, um, no, I think it was a staple gun. It was like a staple gun. Like, yeah. Chunk, 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 chunk. And the guy threw up. And she was like, oh, bodily fluids, fuck this, I'm out. But we started telling stories. And I was going to see if there's anything that, that just is out there that you would like to, to kind of tell. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily be something you went through. It could be something where, like, holy shit, this one person had to deal with this. Mm, like, I've had, well, a, I've had a few that I've heard that I've, I've kept, but... Uh, again, uh, so many over 10 years. I'm trying <laughs> to specifically think of a cool one, and I can't remember which ones I already told you that, that particular night. I don't remember what I was talking about now. Um, we, we might have been talking about private sessions because that was a huge deal. Probably yeah. it was probably a, I don't know I've so many crazy session stories. Um, however, I have been very lucky. Uh, there's a couple ladies who have been um, had guys attack them, try to rob them. You know all those bad scenarios. That I know can a few happen. girls. And, yeah, when you're too. when you're in a private situation like that, and that's why you always check references. But even so, you don't know. If you're doing something to somebody and it triggers them and you're in a room by yourself, like the last girl he saw could have said that he was a very nice person and whatever, but now you're scissoring him and he freaks out. And I mean, you just, you just don't know. Um, so that kind of thing is always in the back of my mind, um, meeting, especially meeting someone for the first time, but yeah. it's risky. Uh, yeah. Just girls telling me that about guys, just flipping out during sessions and then trying to beat on them. And actually, you, you may have seen some tweets that um, rapture at a guy, mm. freak out on her not that long ago. And I think he actually hit her or something. And she posted the pictures on Twitter mm. to warn everybody not to session with this guy. And then in Vegas, um, a handful of ladies had started working with this gentleman that was recommended by a local dom they she's like oh yeah he's good to have on video he you know he takes takes command well and everything so uh it was a pro style kind of scripted wrestling type thing the girl claims that the knee that she threw at him was a fake knee she's Mm -hmm. she's like it barely even touched him guy just freaked out started saying that she hurt his rib 
and just got really, really weird on the set and they had to ask him to leave. And this same guy had just been at my house the week before because a, a bunch of girls rented my, my mat room. Had this guy at my house, and it's just like... Oh, and he had been okay at your house? He was fine that day. They were wondering if he didn't have some sort of a roid rage or something happen the day that the, about the fake knee, because she's like, I didn't hit him hard at all, and he just flipped. Jesus. So it's like something triggered something, and it, I don't know what the situation was exactly. So, yeah, that, that just happened recently. I had a... So the story that I always tell, and I never name names on this one either, because it's... And that was one of the ones you heard that night around the fire. Mm. I remember I looked at you and you had a fucking look on your face like, what? And uh, it was one of my friends. Had, um, I don't think it was a session. I think it was one of those things where you, she got together with another friend. They did all kinds of um, powerful drugs. <laughs> and they proceeded to, um, <clears throat> um, in a consensual manner, uh, cannibalize each other. Whereas a little chunk of meat off the arm another chunk of meat off the other person's arm exchange all right we need to clarify so this wasn't a chunk of meat it was <laughs> not that i'm talking about this because i know or i was there or a part of it <laughs> jacqueline's like honey why do you keep telling the story <laughs> but if you're gonna get the story right <laughs> it was our honeymoon <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember all the details <laughs> yeah please clarify because i remember we were drinking so so yeah. yeah it was it was just that first layer of skin um, and they cut off a square um, from each of their arms and fried it, cooked it, and ate it. In front of each other. In front of each other. And, and, and it wasn't a session. I don't think it was a session. I think it was just like really high people mm -hmm. who were like, this is a good idea. Were they on bath salts? What was going on? <laughs> That's what I said yesterday. <laughs> I was like, it's a bath. And it, the, the girl and the guy, or the people, people involved, if you're listening to this, I am not dissing at all. I just, if anything, I'm still in awe <laughs> fuck I'm still telling the story like this many years later because I remember I turned to you when she told the story and we were all drinking that night and you just kind of I think you said something kind of like well she's got me beat <laughs> we were all trying to like out story each other and you were like yeah, well, winner. We have a winner, you know that kind of thing. And, and that's a wrap on the night. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, Uber, you know. But yeah, I can't beat that one. No, dude, no. But um, but yeah, I, I actually, I was, I was hoping to get like, yeah, a tale that was a little more filled with mirth. But now that you brought that up, mirth. it's a big deal too. Uh, we have a wrestler. She'll tell you the same story. Actually, she'll tell the world the same story. But our friend Mutiny mm -hmm. um, did a lot of. She's one of those girls that did sessions and didn't. For a long time, she did a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot, and she had some really intense stories. She's one of the ones that told me stories of being robbed, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, there was a guy who would start, like, what would happen to Rapture, start wailing away, mm -hmm. and luckily she knows how to fucking defend herself. So just, I mean, if there's any, I guess, take that away from this this particular podcast. If you're going to go into the world of sessioning, fucking chaperones are amazing. Mm -hmm. Um vouching or like references are great always check the references no matter what and and always. if you are going to give somebody a shot who has never done it before which happens uh then bring a fucking chaperone mm -hmm. and uh and you'll have a you know a better time but uh is there anything um to cap it off i asked you earlier i said if there's anything that you're curious about us that you want to ask or or if not that's fine too because we already pretty much we're an open book so we, we already kind of told you everything to begin with guess i'm kind of interested in how how did Jackie, how did you get into Sleepy Fetish? Okay. Um, so I have told this story before on the podcast, I do believe, right? Yeah, you can still tell like the abridged version. The abridged version. Uh, so I got into it 
um, by chance. I was doing a bondage shoot with another photographer and um, we had started doing videos together where I was playing the bad girl and uh, you know different scenarios where I was like capturing these girls, tying them up, doing the whole thing. And, you know, at the time, like, you know, he was just the male producer and, like, it was difficult for him to recruit girls, but he found it was a lot easier with another female, especially being there on the shoot. And I just got more and more interested in becoming part of, you know, the, the fetish video scene. And we met a girl on one of the shoots and she found out where I was from at the time. I was living up in New York. And she just nonchalantly asked me, you know, like, what are you doing Saturday? Because I'm, I'm working with this company. And, uh, you know, they go by Evangeline Von Winter. Mm-hmm. So it's Le- Levi and Eve. And uh, she's like, it's sleepy stuff. And I'm like, oh, what's that? You get paid to sleep. <laughs> like, that sounds easy. But it wasn't. <laughs> um, but I figured I'd just give it a shot because it was like so close to me and you know she said they're really good people it's easy pay like just try it out and I did and um I had a great time an absolute great time I didn't even realize that there was such a thing as sleepy fetish Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was doing Mm -hmm. but apparently I was really really good at it (laughs) and the fans you know, gave me like, you know, a very warm welcome and they and they seemed to like me and my style and everything and they started asking me to come back and do more and more shoots. And I had a blast doing them. Um and I just became like more and more part of the of the sleepy uh side of things and it got to a point where like Levi just got tired of hiring me and he said um, like, why don't you just start your own site so that we could all do trade together? Mm. And it was perfect timing for me because I was at a crossroads in my life where, you know, I was doing modeling for other companies and still, you know, I had graduated school and I was working uh, in the city at a chiropractor's office and felt like I was rotting away at this mm. desk job mm. and uh, I was previously engaged somebody else that didn't work what? out obviously <laughs> and we had wanted to you know we wanted to get get our own place and get married and all this stuff and so you know he kind of was the one that kicked me into gear and said like you know you could do this you could you could open up your own store and he like knocked my ass in the gear about it and I'm very thankful for that mm-hmm. um, and so yeah it kind of just snowballed from there mm-hmm. and I, I taught myself how to do everything like I started from the ground up like you know working with like Home Depot lights and a shitty camera Mm. but you know I I bought everything myself I taught myself how to edit Mm -hmm. and you know I started learning more and more about the fetish and the intricacies of it and uh you know some girls that do this like and they start off it's like you know they're the new girl on the scene and it's like a flash in the pan um, and they're not passionate about it, but like I definitely am. And it was just something for me where I had been, the door was opened, somebody was there to grab my hand, and we just went running together. <laughs> and uh, I've had my site since 2008. Yeah, 2008, I've had my site. Because we met in 2010, so you'd already had it for like almost you know, two years? 
I believe so. Or was it 2007? I think it was 2007. Yeah. All right. 2007. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I met you in 2009. And then we started dating in 2010. Oh, right. Yeah. That's right. Um, that makes sense. So, yeah. Uh, I, I feel very mm-hmm. fortunate <laughs> uh, to have been, you know, subjected to this because, you know, I, I feel very passionately about the fetish. And... I don't have it per se, but it is very intriguing. Um, you know, I, I love it. I, I adore it. I practice it, <laughs> and I understand it completely. It's it's my baby. It's my heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And you know, I do dabble in a lot of other fetishes because you know, the world of fetish fascinates me mm-hmm. to no end. Um, and plus, you know, you're a lot like her in that your brain kind of like me too. Our brains work in such a way where. We're easily bored, and that's why I couldn't hold a fucking day job. I don't, I don't, know, if it's, I don't know if it's me being easily bored. Oh, I am. It, I mean, <laughs> fucking am. I just, I just like to be like. People have called me like the Jacqueline of all trades, the mm-hmm. Jackie of all trades, mm-hmm. Renaissance woman. <laughs> and I, I kind of like that challenge in getting my my dip my toes into like different pools of like you know mm-hmm. what else can I tap into and. And let me just, you know, try my acting abilities on this or wrap my head around this. And it's, it's, it's very intriguing to me. Like, and it just keeps, you know, things like fresh and new and alive and interesting. And every fetish that I do, I always do try to get into the psychology of it. Because mm-hmm, me it, too. it helps me, like, understand it and be like, okay, well, this is the way that I need to be and, or, or whatever. And do, do you guys do that when you get a customer request and it's like, okay, I want you to be wearing this and doing this in this particular mm-hmm. scene? And do you reply with like, can you tell me what, what, why you're into this so I kind of understand the psychology of it? Or do you just kind of go for it? I don't usually ask so forwardly. Mm-hmm. If they want to tell me anything extra, then they can. But if it's one of those customer requests where they just did not give enough specifics for me to go off of or to understand the direction that they want the custom to go in, then I might ask more about, like, um, can you at least explain this a little better? Can you give me a longer script? Can you attach examples if you mm-hmm. have any? Mm-hmm. If, if it's something that I, I really am trying, like, I'm struggling, like, to put this script together because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they don't give us enough information. <laughs> I've gotten that, too, where a guy will be like, can you do a fight scene like this, this, and that? And I'm like, can you send me a clip? example mm-hmm. so they'll send me a video of like the movie mortal Kombat. like can her head shake like this when she gets punched and like that i can do mm-hmm. now that i know what the fuck you're talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. um but to wrap uh, the last question i will ask and it's a very simple one is the um uh, let's say uh you have a young model who's getting into this business for the first time she comes to you for advice um and like you know in a few paragraphs what would you say <clears throat> due to the nature that i feel um and it is kind of the the porn industry as a whole fetish and mainstream like everything crunched together i feel like and 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 i'm i'm a little scared in in the situation that being with our our current new president and everything Mm. i'm a little afraid of the direction that the industry is going um i'm sure you guys are aware of the you know that condom thing that was just a big deal in la and stuff like that Um, I'm afraid that our industry is going to end up having to go back underground eventually. I feel like the politicians, certain people in certain offices are going to just really start hounding, especially the the sex scene type stuff, um, Mm -hmm. to where 
I, I you know I don't really know where this industry is, is going to be in five years, ten years. It's um, not going to go away though. It'll never go completely away. I think enough of us have a big enough name to go underground and still keep keep our fan yeah. base per sure. se. Um, uh, maybe custom videos will become an even bigger thing if people can't can't just go and get their you know their free yeah. porn off if they end up like closing all the porn hubs or something ends up shutting down where people can't get the free stuff i would actually be very happy about that but <laughs> uh, but i as of right now i have a lot of fears of the direction that the industry is going and i would honestly tell somebody right now i would be like don't quit your day job if you have one mm -hmm. don't go jumping into this head first uh, just to do it full time because um, first of all, uh, there's there's always an oversaturation of models. Always, as a brand new hot girl coming in, whether you be young or old or middle aged or whatever, being the new fresh face on the scene, of course, you're initially going to get a ton of work. Everybody's going to want to work with you, um, yeah. de depending on your look and your body type and what you're good at and everything. And you're initially going to get a ton of work, but then to just you know, go down the line kind of as, as we all have of like, you get started like this and then the progression of kind of producing your own stuff and it's kind of like a progression. Mm -hmm. So then we then we turn into the model producers, you know, mm -hmm. and then there's, it's just so oversaturated right now with everything, mm -hmm. everything, whether it be wrestling or this or that, it's all very oversaturated right now. I wouldn't quit your day job. I would still keep going to school or having your whatever on the side that you're good at that, you know, that's that's a regular paycheck because there's weeks and there's months where our paychecks are not very reliable in this business. And I just don't recommend jumping in head yeah. first at this point because I really don't know where the industry is going to go. That's a really good point because yeah. I, I think if someone had asked me the same thing, I would have said like, well, if you were doing it when I was doing it. Because I managed to hit right when it whatever the niches that we fill, um, niche whatever uh, the niches that I fill was completely barren when I when I went for mm -hmm. it. Now there's just so much of it mm -hmm. that it's hard for anybody to come in and be like, well, I'm going to make a huge mark with this because no one's ever seen this before, um, unless you're doing something really unique. Uh, and even then, like it's hard to do these days. There's really not a whole lot. I mean, what else can you do? Like, what else? There's little. I, I, what did someone say the other day? There was a, there a video of like a, a nipple. What? <laughs> nipple shitting dicks or something like that. Oh or God. Dick shitting nipples. <laughs> what? It was a clip online of like giant dick shaped nipples uh, shitting out something, and and it was some like uh, it was like a hentai thing, uh. and and at that point I was like. Yeah, we're scraping the bottom now. Like, there's yeah. no one's gonna come up with a new concept, and you know, someone's gonna go like, "I've never seen that in another store." Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, you're right. I, I would, I would, I would start. I would have been a little more like um, maybe uh, optimistic, but you're absolutely right. It's if someone does now ask us for advice, I'd be, I'd probably say the same thing. It's like mm -hmm. if you have a really good day job, do this as a hobby. Yeah, do this on the side on your day off. Supplemental income. Whatever. Do not jump into this head on thinking that you're going to make 10 grand a month because it's not the reality. It's just not. And a lot of models and producers think that's the case and you're right. Some of the paychecks are not fucking fantastic. No, and always be <laughs> open-minded to um the other areas that, that us models can dabble in to bring in the extra paychecks, like the webcamming or the night flirt or the this and the, the Skype shows, whatever. Like you, you always have to have something else going on. You can't yeah. just say, I'm just going to work for clips for sale and I'm just going to shoot clips. That's all I'm going to do. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, you're probably going to have some good checks and some good months and whatever, but you, you're in reality to be comfortable in this. You, you have to touch on the different gamuts. You have to, if you're not okay with doing the live sessions, you probably want to supplement what your Skype sessions or whatever because you, you need the different checks coming in from all the different areas to be comfortable, Yeah. to live comfortably. And it is, even in my world, um, in sleep it's well. Um, no, it is a, it's a fucking saturated market. Mm-hmm. And there's even just in the small group of like pro wrestling sites, there's so many out there mm-hmm. now. Um, just wrestling sites in general, or even stage combat. There's superhero and stuff. It's fucking, there's like 16 different sites it's now that, are, that do such good work. I can never touch that stuff. Like I try to sometimes. I'll do like a special effects shot. These mm-hmm. guys are doing like the whole movie is just like, feels like you're watching an actual movie. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the costumes and the stages, like it's... It's yeah, mind-blowingly I, I want to work with those companies. Yeah, at that point, I'm like, I'm not even trying to be like you, but like, I would love to work for you. Like, mm-hmm. If you need a bad guy, I'll fucking, I just want to be in one of your videos. So there's like always all these places that you, you can go to, but it's, it, there's a lot out there. And for fans, that's a great thing, but for producers or, or wannabe producers, it's, it's a minefield because mm-hmm. if you don't have anything to offer that's, that's going to stand out, you're going to get lost in the fucking forest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to end it on that bad of a note. On the good note, uh, Cheyenne Jewel is... Um, in my opinion, one of the hardest working models I've ever worked with. Oh, thank uh, you. She's takes direction perfect, like like in, like just perfectly. Um, your your uh, performances have all been great. You sell great for us. Oh, which is great. great! Thanks. Um, and we the only downside is is um, is we don't get to see you. We as live often. too far. Yeah. <laughs> but the, now that I know that you are willing to travel to Phoenix. Yeah, and we can get you to come out to work with uh, Rick of FemWrestlingRooms.com. Hello, Rick. (laughs) (laughs) FemWrestlingRooms.com. And uh, Rick is a yeah, and so we can go out there and and work with you. But also for you guys who are listening, um, you're making plans to come out here possibly in May. May, yes. Get get your customs in to Jackie and Santi for May. I'm looking at coming back in early May, uh, whether it be the first or the second week, I'm putting the, that together now. So for May, uh, if you want to contact me, it's IamSleeperKit at Yahoo.com, JacquelineVelvets at gmail.com. Can you give us a couple of plugs for your clip store? Do you know your... Uh, um, well, my main one is CheyenneJewel.com routes to my main clip store, and then Ultimate Tap Out is my wrestling clip store. Asphyxiation nice. is my face sitting store, and then Cheyenne Jewel's Feet is obviously my foot fetish store. So there's all of those links, and then of course you can find me. Twitter is my my most responsive um, public social media for fans. I, I generally check Twitter every day and answer questions on there. Um, I have a stupid Facebook. You follow it if you want, but just please do not talk to me on Facebook. I hate Facebook. I actually don't check private messages there. Um, I have an Instagram, and I now have a Snapchat. I have a premium Snapchat where I do like my my naughtier private bedroom moments. If uh, anybody's interested in inquiring about that, you can email me. Um, email for anything. I have one email for customs and everything. It's CheyenneJewel216 at gmail.com. And you also have a Tumblr? I have a Tumblr. Um, I have, see, I, I had to go the route due to my lack of time and all these social medias where everything's connected. Yeah. So if you tweet me, it's going to go through. Well, if I post an Instagram picture, it goes, that goes everywhere. through to Tumblr, goes through to Twitter, goes through to Facebook. So I have them all connected now. That's why I like Instagram. It's, it's like very convenient one, one to click. link everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we look forward to working with you in May and uh, hopefully seeing you before that for whatever reason. But uh, I don't know. We had a blast. And yeah. We'll just wish you could last a bit longer because you have to head out tomorrow, tonight? I don't know. 
Um, I have to check my email about a possible session that will will decide where mm-hmm. I'm what I'm doing this evening. Okay, well, um, let us know. Uh, in the meantime, guys, thank you so much uh, to Cheyenne for for making time to do this. No, thanks for having um, me. It was a lot of fun, and uh, just a big thanks to all the fans that have supported me for the ten plus years. And I'm always happy to to hear about new fans too. I know people are are turning of age every day and discovering new things on online. So. Never be afraid to just drop me an email and say, "Hey, I'm you know a fan of this and that." This is the one uh, one of the few um, I think businesses where I, I, my theory is that you will never really lose a fan base because there's always people who are discovering every they like, day. They like yep. what you they like what you got. <laughs> 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 but uh, we love you guys, um, and we can't wait to do another one. And in the meantime, um, good night, and we'll see you uh, next time. Good night. Thanks. Adios.